0: Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Squad podcast. And we're back after four long months, and we've got a lot to talk about. And I'm joined by Matthew Templeton. Matthew, how are we? I am. I'm fantastic, mate. It's been long overdue to, to get back to the pod. How are you? I'm very well, mate. And we're also joined by Graham McCormick. Graham, how are we? Fantastic. Been champing at the bit to get back in this pod. And we're also joined by Josh Fear. Josh, how are we? I am fine mate, how's yourself? I'm very well mate And making his debut on the Scott Score podcast I've been hounding the big man for a long time to come on He's finally manned up um, Ian Lyle, welcome to the show big man And how are we? Thanks so much
1: Scott,
0: oh, I'm not bad yourself uh, Long time listener is it? had a fourth time calling <laughs> now Yeah I know The amount of times we've had to restart this <laughs> um, But I The uh, we're also joined by Chris Toner, who is also making his debut on the Scotts score podcast. Chris, how are we and welcome to the show? Great,
2: thanks
0: for having me. I'm excited to join the team. Uh so boys, what's happened? Um we've got football back in some way. Obviously, it's behind closed doors. No fans there. Um we'll start with you. Uh, Ian, are you enjoying the English uh, Premier League right now? Uh it's good to have it back,
1: but you know the no fans things a bit of a gutter, and it's you can tell that the players are a bit tired, not going kind to of match practice.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, I
1: thought like the way like, like the German league could actually be more goals and more action because they're just doing training works, uh, training park stuff, but no one seems to get into
0: it. Yeah, exactly. It's, I don't know what it is. Like it's it's good to have it back in some way, right? But I don't know. It's the games have been hard to watch, mate. Like. Matt, um, obviously i will probably say my favourite game so far since uh, the English Premier League came back has been Chelsea City, where Chelsea beat Man City and obviously my Chelsea man and you're a, a City fan I
3: know, I know it was it an was interesting game, I thought a lot of it we were on top but um again it's just our defensive issues came back to haunt us um, and obviously I think overall you probably deserve to win but yeah I have to agree most of the games have been pretty dire um, but obviously like you said it's
0: just, it's just tiredness and that I think after a wee break and like, when the season proper kicks off next season it'll, it'll be a lot better yeah absolutely mate and uh, Chris obviously you're making your debut um, have you been enjoying the EPL since it's been back are you like the same as us where it's like it's nice to have at least something back but it's it's still like it's not quite the same
4: yeah I totally agree um, me being outside of Scottish football, a Bayern fan, obviously, I was happy to get the Bundesliga back, and um, obviously, Bayern clinched eighth consecutive Bundesliga in a row, a couple of weeks back, and this Saturday, chance to do another double, pro final against Bayer Leverkusen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, see, see I was going to ask this, by the way, see, apparently, see, Bayer Leverkusen, right, are they not, like, playing, like, really poorly right now? I'll say that, I'll fire um, that to, um, obviously, like, Graham, I know you're a massive German uh, football fan.
5: Oh, yeah i'm a big Leverkusen fan myself um yeah uh since january our form was absolutely fantastic and then uh we just took a massive massive drop off we received some pretty heavy handed defeats uh but you no know, massive chance in the poker final um not not confident at all because we just got absolutely hammered by Byron. so mm. well not in terms of scoring but in terms of performance
0: and Josh, what about you, mate? Have you been watching a lot of football? Uh,
2: it's just been a mixture of the Bundesliga and the Premier League, really. But um, um I was quite happy about football returning. But like you were saying, it's just not the same, you know, without the fans, you know. It's more like a training session you're watching. No,
0: you know. absolutely, mate. And obviously, the SPFL season finished early. The SPFL clubs voted to end the season. Um, I'll give my opinion uh, on it after all yous do, but... Ian, throwing you right in at the deep end, big man. Get your thoughts first. What was your thoughts on the season finishing early and was it the right call? Uh, right
1: in the deep
0: end,
1: my in it. <laughs> uh, nah, you know, it's, it's more of it now. You, know, you see the English guys are coming back, all the, the German leagues back. It seems as if they all can get the, finish, the season's finished before the new one begins. Um, not many of the big big leagues were going for an early finish. France did it and then they got they got some trouble with that. Belgium did it and got in trouble with that. And it looks with all the nonsense that Doncas has done for our league. That if um injunction pulls through is a good chance. Well not a good chance, it's a chance. It may not even start next season until next year, who knows? For force to play it out or if they just get their what is it, Eight million they're looking for? Yeah. So it's just from
0: a lot more up in the air, and I just I just want to see the SPFL come
1: back. You know, I'm, I'm sick of watching English football. Yeah, exactly. Already. Mate. <laughs> on you go. No, no, that's that's that's, that's better. I'm going to go into a massive run.
0: I'll be here all day. Yeah, exactly. So, um <clears throat> Graham, um obviously you're a big St. Mary man, and uh, I think from your perspective, and obviously from a fan's perspective, because obviously St. Mary stayed up due to the season finishing early. Um, what was your thoughts on season finishing early? Do you think it should have been played out, or, like, what do you think?
5: I think, um, you know, ideally, uh, getting played out would have been the best call, but, Scotland, we've got, we've got to be kind of realistic, like, we don't have the budget that the big leagues in England do, and the facilities to regularly test, a quarantine a players the same way they can do in England, and, uh, you know, obviously, we have benefited from this decision, but, you know, we played, most of the season, and I don't think anyone can feel too aggrieved by the way things have ended, like Hearts were very close to getting completely cut adrift, and the Rangers were completely out of the title race, so I can get why fans are hard done by, but in the end I think it's like, I think it's the most logical conclusion
3: if we can't play out the rest of the season.
0: Uh, Matthew, what's your thoughts on what Graham said there?
3: Um, no, I would agree for most of it. I think um, obviously I think personally it should have been played out. Um, obviously, like we've touched on England, Germany, all of the other leagues that are doing it. Um, so I think it definitely should have been played out. But should the season been called? I'm not sure. I think I know it's hard, like A lot of teams worked hard throughout the season. Um, you know, so worked hard to to bring it back after Christmas. Um, hearts could have brought it back, but I think if you can't play it out.
0: I don't know. I, I'm going to be one of those people that maybe should have been just cancelled because if you can't play it out, I can call it. I don't know, but no, I think you're absolutely spot on. Like that's my thoughts. Like, see, i say I can see what Graham's saying, right? Whereas, like, like, up in Scotland, we don't have the facilities like teams in like England do and like the German league as well, right? But as Matt said, like, see, if you can't play it out, then the only f- fair solution for everybody involved is to have it null and void. And um, Chris, what's your thoughts?
4: Uh, I do agree that obviously it was a disappointing way to end the season like that and then the way at Scotland's phase out of lockdown, we're now in phase two, which Nicola Surgeon says would have been the phase that professional sport could have resumed and with the way it ended, um, the first game back would have been an old firm, what a way that would have been to kick things off, would have been a perfect way to start things back in these hard times. Um, as far as like, the league being called, and that, um, if you look at the Dutch league, um, obviously Ajax, they were top on goal difference. I think it's quite justified in that kind of situation. You couldn't give a team a championship in a scenario like that. Um, Obviously, there were still games to play, but I think for the most part, Celtic were definitely in, probably in the clear, I would say. Uh, unlikely to have
2: thrown away that kind of lead in that situation.
0: Josh, what's the, your thoughts on the season uh, getting cancelled?
2: Um, uh, I was a bit annoyed at first because I um, like you've all touched and like I would have preferred the games to be played out, like what they would have done obviously in England and uh, Germany, for instance. But you do need to kind of give, well, understand that like. I think it was Graham who was saying it, like, we just don't have the money. A lot of clubs would probably, like, go into more debt than they are just now. I don't know, I'm a bit, like, 50 on it. I can understand why they've called it, but, yeah, again, I do question why they couldn't have done it, like, down, down south, you
0: know? Yeah, because, as I was just saying right there, mate, like, I think, see, if you're going, if like you can't play season out, it just has to be null and void, because clubs like Thistle are going to, like, see, financially, they're going to get struck by this. Like, just say... This lawsuit, like, doesn't go their way, right? But it's looking very favourable that it will. So if, that, if this lawsuit doesn't go their way, then they're going to be, like, really financially struck by it and it's, it won't be fair because they could have still stayed up mathematically, you know? And I think they had a game in hand. Is that right, Ian? If this one still had a game in hand and it wasn't like they were completely, like... It wasn't like it was impossible for them not to go down or, like, you know, or to stay up, sorry. So, yeah, they still had a chance, but the, the, the clubs wanting to end the season early. Just was not fair. Ian, uh, I, yeah. mean, well,
6: not
1: sorry. Sorry. you know, mate. And um I right, that's what they had the game in hand, so they could have easily jumped up to ninth and had to be able to fight it off. Uh just a wee quick note on in terms of like uh not really having enough money. You have to also question the head of the board, Neil Doncaster, underselling their a game to Sky. Every game being worth less money. Canceling the BT contract early does own them money. So there's a lot of, I think it adds up to about 15 million or whatever. This should be a debt, a debt to the SPFL. You have to question who's paying for that. It's going to be us. It's going to come out of the, the pots for the cups and the leagues and stuff. So it's only going to make a league even poorer. So I, I, I don't know if it was the right call. I just, I, I can't comprehend it, mm.
0: personally. Yeah, I know because it's a lot of. <clears throat> I don't know. It was a some really fishy things that were going on behind the scenes, like missing emails, and like I think Dundee were promised uh, some a couple of friendlies. With, like I think a friendly with Celtic in there. I don't know a wee bit more money. I'm Not saying that's true, but that's like um, the hearsay. Uh, Matthew, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, definitely something. No, going on
3: there, and I think. I don't know, Don Garris. I think he's a and obviously I think he got put on the board of UEFA for morals and ethics or whatever it was, which is an absolute joke considering what's um, what's happened here. And like you say, I think obviously Rangers were calling for an investigation that obviously hasn't happened. Um I think I think it needs to happen. I think the way it's just been handled just it doesn't sit right with me. Um. Obviously, like Ian touched on, cancelling BT Sport, and that is just, and on their side, just doesn't look like smart decisions. Um. So I think, as just silly. on like that said, I think an investigation needs to happen. Will it happen? Uh. No, it won't.
0: Yeah, it really did embarrass our game in my opinion mate. I thought it really did. Like people from the outside were look, like looking in at the shambles of Scottish football and they were laughing. And this is what this is why people laugh at Scottish football. Like we love it. Of course we do. But this is why people laugh at it because it's just absolute shambles right now. The way it's governed from top to bottom is a disgrace. Um uh, Graham what's your thoughts on that? Like obviously I think we can all agree on one thing here that the SPFL governing body is a complete shambles.
5: Yeah, I don't think they're exactly the the best run an organisation, and I think there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of problems they are completely out of touch. I think, um, yeah, I don't think they've handled it very well in terms of communication and transparency. But you know, as as every newspaper says, it's unprecedented. These, these circumstances. It's it's hard to know what 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 the right way to deal with it is, and I think until the dust completely settles, we won't really know how well or poorly it was handled by the
0: SPFL. Um, going back to what you said earlier on, Graham, <coughs> like about Hearts, I know they were like they were terrible season, right? And they were like six points behind. I think Hamilton they were six points behind. Uh, so they were, is that right? Yeah, there was. Si- Basically, there were six points from uh, safety or, uh, like from Hamilton. and uh, yeah, it was Hamilton. Yeah, so, and like, Hamilton eleventh, right? Um, so, do you think Hearts would uh, like had some sort of chance to staying up? or do you think even if the se- season was to like continue and finish, do you think they were gone no matter what? Not a chance. If they continued, would they have stayed up? I think,
5: I mean, Hearts. Hearts fans said it themselves after we beat them, which was the last game of the uh, SPFL. And, uh, Harley, they were saying oh, that's us finished and uh, as soon as the, the pandemic hit all of, all of a sudden you know they were, they were nowhere near finished I'm not saying that Hearts is to be relegated, but I think I don't think if they continued they would have stayed up at all because I mean, they've won what two games all season just can't can't see them picking up six points that uh, Hamilton wouldn't pick up in
0: the remaining eight games of the season Ian um, how do you think Anne Budge Anne Budge is like handled herself during uh, this fiasco uh,
1: I thought I think it's special the state and stuff like that she's kept her fans up to date and stuff like that you have to admire that although you can slag it if you want I think she's now that like her, her and the am sure the chairman name of Paddock Thistle have actually been to a joint court case it's good to see them actually not just take it and go, and these, sh- but she's never of uh, agreed to what be head of the reconstruction because that was never get voted for. That just seemed like d- giving a chicken a the donkey a carrot, and getting the axe. You know what I mean? Like she's been, she's been brave, but she's also been a bit foolish. I think.
0: Chris, what's your thoughts on Anne Budge telling players to take wage cuts, Incl- including including uh, Dan Stendel, who was working for nothing. And out in nowhere, um, Hearts are signing players. They've just recently appointed Robbie Nielsen. Do you think they, it's a wee bit like shady? Uh, yeah, I definitely think
4: something's going on a bit there. Um, obviously, as well, Craig Gordon's just went back to them after leaving Celtic when his contract ran out.
0: Yeah, and it, it's he. It's not like he'll be on like cheap money. You know, I know he's made his money, but. People like Craig Gordon, just with like considering how much he was on and the career he's had, he'll be wanting at least uh, a good pay packet. Yeah, definitely,
4: even to play down the championship.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, boys, this is the one I'm looking forward to, right? This will cause a bit of debate, right? We're going to start this one with. Start with. I'll start with Graham, actually, right? Because Graham's obviously not an old Fun fan. And nearly. Same with Josh, right? But I'll come to Josh this one, uh, secondly. Um, Graham, do you think Celtic's title is tainted?
5: Uh, no, I don't think it is. Um, I think any Rangers fan that says that they were going to claw the title back from Celtic is, is lying like themselves. However, like I can see why I can see why there's a big dark lockdown that because the season did get ended so prematurely. Um, but, you know, it's not Celtic's fault that they that they got the title um, as much as they wanted it it's still not completely their decision so I think I, mean, I think the title is going to be won by them regardless
0: um, since you, like, I can admit right see when we were like before the season finished we were like 13 points behind right and we went out to the Scottish Cup I was admitting, right, like, there's no way, like, I don't think we can win this league, right, it was very, very unlikely, right, but for me, I think the title is taken because Celtic didn't actually, like, win it mathematically, you know, and, like, you say Liverpool goes to Liverpool, right, you say the EPL called their season early and they handed Liverpool the title, they didn't actually win it, if you get me, you know, and they, they, they didn't win it mathematically, they didn't play the full 38 games, so... Like I don't, I don't think it was right at all. I think it, the season should have been null and void, um, and I'll be honest, right. I'm I'm being deadly serious when I say this, right. I would not want Rangers winning fifty five like that. See if, if it was all the way about and Rangers were thirteen points clear. I would not want us accepting that because Celtic fans would hold that hold that against us like forever, you know. And I would want us to win it in the proper way on the pitch. Um, Ian, what's your thoughts?
1: Um. I think you have to look at it and at least have it on asterisk over it, you know what I mean? Um regards to, like the Liverpool thing, they've the managers came out and said we wouldn't accept it. There's been a few clubs that uh, UV I think said as well, the manager yep. said we wouldn't accept it either. I think the Celtic fans as a fan base definitely wanted to keep playing. You, you you want to see your team play every week and you wanna see them winning it on the pitch. I think it's the Celtic board that um more just happy to get a nice quick one, especially for all the the conspiracies about don't has to be on the phone to Peter Lawwell straight away after all the votes and stuff like that. Bit strange since he's not he's not on the on the board. Mm-hmm. I think when stuff like that's happening around about a league title being rewarded outside, um, it becoming mathematically impossible to catch up. You
6: mm-hmm.
1: can have to put an asterisk over it because it's a bit too dodgy in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and do a, you should,
0: like that all, no. uh, Sorry, who was speaking now? Chris, mm? is that Chris that was speaking? Oh, uh, I don't. I don't um, no that's not well. mm-hmm. Alright sorry A bit confusing uh, Sorry uh, listeners We've got about Six folk on here <laughs> um, So Yeah <clears throat> Chris uh, What's your thoughts um, I'll need to Suppose you hear mate. We've got Chris A Celtic man <laughs> What's your thoughts yeah. um, uh, Or comments there uh,
4: Well Obviously the word he has been thrown about I'm not going to Give my opinion On Tainted League titles Otherwise I'll burn a bridge With any Rangers fans In here in the listener base Um I've already touched on that. I'm I was disappointed that that was the way the season ended, especially now that it's transpired that it could have been played to a finish. Um as has been pointed out, the um, with the majority of Celtic fans that we want I would have wanted the season to keep going. Um obviously there is a little bit of a precedent that um what when World War Two broke out, um Rangers weren't awarded the league at that point because it had only started. I obviously feel this situation's a bit different because of how far the season had progressed and we were obviously hadn't mathematically won it, but we were quite clearly in the driving seat at that point and in a position where we would have been unlikely to lose it.
0: Um, Josh, uh, obviously you're an Aberdeen fan and uh, you have no like connection to either of the old firm and um, what's your thoughts from a neutral's uh, perspective? Because obviously Chris has his opinion. Me and Ian and Matt have our opinions. Um, what's your thoughts? Um. Well, I think if the
2: games had been played on, like, I couldn't really see Rangers winning it. But I obviously do get a feeling that Celtic were kind of. This is just my opinion. Like, kind of awarded it in a kind of way? You know.
0: Yeah, they were um, handing it. They were handed it by a boardroom meeting, that was it, you know, and...
2: I would be, I'd, I'd I'm like, I'm I'm a bit 50-50 on it, I, I can understand both arguments, but what I would be for is like for, like, because of the whole, like, SPFL and we were all saying, like, there is a bit of a dodginess to the way they kind of govern
0: the league, I'd be up for like an investigation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Matt, uh, your thoughts so I'm surprised
3: I'm not keeping you yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think um, I think tainted. It's a strong word, uh, it is. But to be honest, I, like, obviously I, it's not really Celtic players or fans' fault that they were obviously given the title. It's like it's been touched on, they were what, thirteen points ahead, were in the driving seat. Um, I'm not seen Rangers would have. I, I don't think they would. I don't saying um, that. To be honest. We certainly... It certainly mathematically possible. Obviously, the first game was against Celtic. You never know what could happen if we won that. Um, but honestly, we weren't going to win it. But I just... I do think it is tainted and like Ian said, it, there needs to be an asterisk next to it. Um, fair play over the course of the season. Yes, Celtic deserve to do it, especially after Christmas. But um, to answer your questions, simply, was it tainted? I believe it was.
0: Um, so do you share the same opinion as me where if if it was the other way about and Rangers were 13 points clear and the SPFL said, yeah, we're going to hand Rangers the title, would you want Rangers to win the, t- uh, the league like that or would you want Rangers to um, just say, no, we don't want to win the title like this?
3: No, I uh, echo your opinion. I think especially, obviously, 55, it's quite important to Rangers fans I'd like to win it on the pitch over the the of games and um, not just, you know, handed after, like, like obviously a 13-point clear obviously we, we could refuse it and then I don't know what would happen in that situation, but um, yeah, I'd definitely would rather win I wouldn't
0: want it to be handled. handy uh, to sorry. Um, so yeah, I, I share your opinion. Mm-hmm. So, boys, that was an interesting discussion we had there. That went on for about twenty three minutes. minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, we'll move on to season review. Obviously, season uh, got cancelled, but we still need to review it. Listeners want that, so we'll deliver that for them. And uh, we've got that discussion out the road, so... We we'll dive right into it. So we'll start off with uh, Celtic, Chris. Um, like the way it stands right now, obviously, Celtic still in the Scottish Cup. They won the League Cup. They were handed <laughs> the title, and um, but overall, Chris, what was your thoughts on Celtic season? Um, obviously, you you must be happy with it. Oh yeah, definitely. Obviously, Neil Lennon was
4: given the job for a second time on a permanent basis. Um. Obviously, there was huge question marks surrounding that as to whether he was the right man for the job in that, me personally being included in that crowd. But um, I definitely think he's silenced a lot of doubters. And obviously, Flag Day started off in resounding fashion, 7-0 win over St Johnston. Um, we only drew two games and lost two that season. Livingston was away. that was a bit of a hoodoo for us. Um then the early Old Firm victory at Ibrox um, obviously Rangers team selection on that day big question marks surrounding that later on in the season as you pointed out 10th trophy in a row a bit of controversy big Fraser
0: Foster I, sorry to interrupt you mate do you remember me in college that day? I, I was literally I got in at 9 o'clock and I was ranting about that game till about 4 o'clock till we finished <laughs> aye aye I do. it's
4: funny Um, But yeah, Fraser Fosser had a big part to play in that game. Denied Rangers several times, saved a penalty. Um, And then away from our incredible league performance, we had quite, after a disappointing Champions League elimination against Cluj, we dropped down into the Europa League. We exacted a revenge on Cluj when we drew them at the group stage. And it was also the earliest we qualified from the group stage of a European competition However, of course, our performance in the knockout round was disappointing against Copenhagen. We really failed to take our chances in the first leg and then we were punished by
0: defending in the second leg. Um, <clears throat> so, you see the European run. Um, obviously, there's a, a couple of standouts where you beat Lazio um, away uh, away from home last minute. So, that must have been the highlight of the European campaign. Oh yeah, I celebrated that night. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, Graham, uh, would you, how would you say uh, Celtic have been under Lennon? Do you think they're better under Lennon than they were Brendan Rodgers, or do you like not really see the difference and not much has changed? Like, and I'm talking about from a performance standpoint. Well, I
5: think um, you can compare like Lennon Celtic to that. Uh, Invincible Brendan Rodgers team absolutely steamroll the league. But I don't think there is a there is a Celtic, there is a Celtic side within this whole nine in a row, eight in a row, whatever you want to call it, that has been as good as that team. But um, I think New and this finds a way to, to get the results on a on a bigger stage, like Europe. I think, uh, also under Rodgers, they had some famous games like against Man City and everything, but I think. New Lennon is someone that I think is a attuned to the club and the, and, and the ambitions and the atmosphere. So it's, it's kind of hard to compare because I mean, Lennon is pretty much loved everything he's been asked to deliver.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> and obviously we see when you compare Lennon and Rogers, like Lennon definitely has a much better Europe uh, sorry record in Europe than Rogers in. <laughs> Rogers' uh, record in Europe at Liverpool was terrible. His record in Europe at Celtic was terrible as well. So, yeah, like, when in, credit where it is due, he is a good manager and he does have an eye for a player. And um, But go, touching on your point about the Invincibles, right? I'll throw this one at Graham. Graham, right? I'm not saying they're overrated, right? But do you think R- Brendan Rogers' Invincible team was overrated? Because. See, they were up against a really poor Rangers side, probably the worst Rangers side in the SPFL history, right? And they had no real competition. And obviously it was a good side and went unbeaten, but and they won the treble that season as well. What was your thoughts? I,
5: mean, I don't think the quality of a Rangers side dictates the quality of a Celtic team. I think, no matter how good the team is, and you can see that, you know, in any league in the world, going invincible for a whole season is like, is almost unheard of these days, so I think it'd be extremely, extremely hard to call them overrated.
0: Mm. I Ian, oh sorry, on, on you go, on you go.
5: I think they were a, they were a really, really good side, um, but a lot of their playing style could be characterised as being boring and, and quite sideways. But I think their dominance would be seen, a dominance like that, will be seen again for a long, long time in Scottish football. Uh, Ian, what's your thoughts
0: on what I said there?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the Invincible side, it's obviously an absolutely phenomenal achievement for them. Um, obviously, before you had Rodgers spending all the money, you had They there um, cutting corners, getting the bank nice and filled for when Majors do return. So when Majors return, I think they expected more of an immediate challenge. So I think that's why they got the good, deal, you know, the big-name manager, spent all the money on players who could go on an Invincible's run without. In all honesty, really breaking a sweat. And that's
0: why you kind of need a good Rangers team or, a, like a challenging Aberdeen team to actually put them to the test. But I don't think that's what he's not even challenged. Um, so, Matt, see I when, them, oh, oh yeah, keep going, sorry. No, 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 i was, I was, I was running off. It's all so you. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, so, see when Rangers beat Celtic at Parkhead, um, right before New Year, were you thinking, well, I think Celtic are going to go downhill here. This could be Rangers' season.
3: I didn't think so. I thought um, obviously we played brilliantly that game. Um, obviously Ken with a fantastic goal and Katinch with a big boy header. But um, no, I, th- I thought that was a I thought that was a real pivotal moment in the season. I thought after that game, I thought obviously Christmas uh, winter break was coming up. I thought well, obviously we'll come, we'll do that, we'll recharge, and then we'll come back and you know hopefully go on to win the league. Cause I thought that was a massive moment. Um, but obviously it didn't pan out that way at all. Um, Obviously,
0: we all know what happened. But no, I thought at the time, I thought that was a, a massive, massive moment. Chris, so seeing when that happened, uh, where Rangers beat Celtic at Parkhead, and then you came back after the winter break, did you see a real change in the Celtic team?
4: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, as you just just look at the form we went in after that, um, we won every game, bar the Livingston away game. So, obviously... There was just something about that result that I think we realised something had to change because obviously Rangers were in the driving seat, they had a game in hand and were only a point behind, so we knew we had to dig deep and get results and I think we certainly delivered.
0: Who would you say was your uh, standout player this season? It's quite obvious, but um, I imagine it was Edward. That was uh, your favourite player this season? Yeah, I can can argue with it I don't think uh, Edward play the season. So, Ian, what did you? What, so overall, um, do you, did you? Were you impressed with uh, Celtic this season? Do you think the gap is closed at all? Um, I think. Thank you, uh, Ian's cut out there. No, it's all good. Now it's all good. on You go.
1: Sorry, um, well, I think at the beginning of the season, uh, Celtic were a, a little bit slow. Apart from obviously the the, the first game against Annihilation, I think the first old form I would personally put it down to the fact that the Rangers had the first was it Legio Wars or three days before something something like that, which is that's where the money is. Mm.
6: Uh,
1: Celtic's form after New Year is been phenomenal. Can't deny that it's been absolute big scores the whole way through. You know, can't deny. Lenny must not given
0: a right boot up the arse in that winter training camp in Killing did and clearly, yeah, I didn't do it for Rangers or something's happened. Yeah, um see the difference, Matt, between Rangers and Celtic, right? Is the winning mentality. See when it comes to like comparing the teams, mate, I think we're very even, right? But I think Celtic have that winning mentality where see if they're playing bad, they they can still edge a result. Whereas we can't, you know. Like, Celtic can win ugly. And that's what Rangers are lacking right now, having that winning mentality. Because Celtic are being used to winning for like years, and that's the way it used to be, um, like during obviously the row era and even the Walter Smith team, um, like in two thousand eight nine, where sometimes we would not play well but would edge results. You know, and I think that's what Rangers need. I think Rangers need more players that have that that high standard, that winning mentality. And um, what do you think?
3: Yeah, you know I have to agree, I, th- I think um, at times we, we can we, we win, win badly, you know, do it the hard way, but it, it doesn't happen uh, a lot, but, and we do have, like, I do have like I we've got McGregor, like, Jack, but I don't think there's enough, like, Tavia, for example, is not captain material, Um, he just he just doesn't have it for me,
6: mm-hmm.
3: and we are, we've got quality all over the pitch, like you said, like, on paper, we're just as good as Celtic, I think, Um. But, like you said, we need to get that win in We need to get winners in. Um, even, like, um, we've got winners in the dressing room, like, in terms of the coaching stuff, Like, obviously, Gerrard, um, McAllister, and Michael Bills, like, awfully good coach in that. But on the pitch, we're, we're severely lacking that. I mean, even when Kenny Miller was still around, he was still a great winner. But you look at, like, um, from Morales, he scores goals and that. But is he really a leader? I don't know. Um, obviously, Ken, as well, a fantastic player. Is he a leader? no um i said i can only really think of two in that team is mcgregor and jack so that's something we need to look at in this summer when it opens obviously we're in some some good players I obviously had you uh calvin basio looks decent uh john mclaughlin but i think we need i mean we add one to two like real quality leaders into that dressing room and then that hopefully will bring us over like the line to be champions one thing i want to touch on as well is actually after we obviously bet celtic in at parkhead a lot of players, all, they, all you would see on Instagram is like, oh, they've gone about their result all the time. I think a lot of this team, like I said, does have quality, but they let stuff go to their head sometimes. Like, oh, yeah, we beat Celtic at Parkhead, oh, we're going to it, all like, you know, that. And, you know, just I think go to their head rather than
0: knuckling down and doing it for the rest of the season. You know what I mean? And here's another thing as well. Um, I know we're just about to finish off in Celtic here, um, but see, Gerrard, he doesn't have a plan B. It's the same like system we'd always play 4 3 3. And the 4 3 3 is. I don't mate, it's like teams have sussed us out, you know, teams know how to like play against us, we're too predictable, whereas Celtic, it, like they've changed their system up system uh, up where Lennon is went from a three five two to four two three one. Um Chris, what like do you like the fact that Lennon can be flexible uh, flexible like that? Yeah, definitely do um I wasn't sure about it at first, um but then when
4: brought Lee Griffiths back in the team having the two strikers up front I was sceptical about at first and I wasn't sure what kind of career Lee Griffiths still had at Celtic
0: but it's definitely done him in the world of good So do you think Celtic can uh, win the Scottish Cup mate? I know you've got um, Aberdeen in the semi-final and the other semi-finals between Hibs and Hearts Um, obviously it's looking Good for you is to go on and do it like another uh, treble and pays me to say it, <laughs> but do you think you can go on and uh, do that? Yeah, well
4: we'll fancy our chances, we'll definitely be favourites, but we can't take our status as favourites for granted. The upsets can happen, but I do like our chances,
0: and so we'll move on and we'll speak uh, about Rangers. Uh, don't worry boys This will not be long <laughs> So We we'll just dive right into this one um, Start with you uh, Ian what was, So what's your thoughts On uh, Rangers season Before it was cold um, The first half of the season Rangers were really good Then the second half My god We were awful mate It was like It was like watching two Totally different teams I, I, the, the first half Some cracking Cracking results Especially
1: you know In the first team Is it First team ever, or the first team ever full stop to make it to the European Europa League group stages from round one, which obviously is an achievement. Which I think actually might be something to do with the way Gerard um, sets his team up. See, 3 3 three three. You've seen like leaked photos. I think he likes to control the midfield and having that that sort of the two C shapes make a circle. I think he likes to set up his team to um, dominate to keep the ball against big teams, and I think that's where maybe fall short when it comes to these teams that sit back and don't want to get uh, they want to give the ball like you have it we'll just defend mm-hmm. which is why you know, like, as you've mentioned Neil Lennon has a different system for big teams versus all due respects smaller teams that don't want to play as much Um, just scrolling through the results now like some first half of the season phenomenal obviously I slip up against Hearts ha, funny that yeah I <laughs> you know. should get used to that at stage one of three, I'm pretty
6: sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I said about the the first old form I felt was a bit maybe bad um, match planning from the coaching team, maybe to focus on the opening rather than the biggest domestic game. Yeah, I
0: didn't overreact over that Not one as well. Me, so I keep going. Sorry, but um, I just wanted to, so I, I, at this point. Yeah, see, looking back at that result, um, I was angry, but I was like, right, I think Gerald just got the team wrong, and then right after that, we kind of like kicked on. So we did.
1: Aye, there's also there There's a good reply from it. Obviously, it's the 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 cup final was a right, a right picking the nuts, especially with the, the controversy of it all. But it was good to see actually when team actually come back with some fight for the the New Year's one. Really good display, really dominant display from Rangers. First one against at Parkhead in nine years. I'm not even going to make it up in nine years. Nine, phenomenal. And then like like think Matt touched on. I think the let it get to the head, they should have had more players. I imagine big league sales probably in the changing room saying don't let it get to your head, keep going, keep going. But if only one person out of the whole squad doing that, need more, Rangers meant more leaders. Mm-hmm. And you can see that in the second half of the season.
6: like it's just, it's just dire to even scroll through it's and feel sick. <laughs> but oh, again, you like,
1: know, yeah, I could agree more. Game, I feel like we did just fold the league in the cup, evidently, but the Europa League fixtures... Like I said, that's where the money's at. But me and we want fifty-five. Mm-hmm. But aye, Braga, what, like, what a comeback! Like the Europa League front is, are all the best I've seen in a long time. Like it's been actually exciting football. I think overall, it's definitely an improvement on last year. We 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 did better at getting those last-minute wins. Wins it, Last year would have lost or drew, so it's definite improvement. And with the quality of players, like you say, it's hard to we're struggling to beat uh break down little teams. Having someone like uh, Giannis Hadji coming in, that can only be a positive.
0: Yeah, that's like exactly accurate side, mate. Absolutely, cool. like see when you look at like Rangers domestically, like for the second half of the season. And Rangers in Europe, mate, it's like, you're like, why can we not play the way we do in Europe, like, domestically, you know? And see, after the Braga game, like, where we beat them 1-0 when we went through the last 16, Ryan Kent, do you remember Ryan Kent done an interview? And I thought it was really telling what he said, where he was saying, yeah, when we play in Europe, we feel as though, like, we don't have a lot of pressure on us, like, with the underdogs. And then I'm like, like, a Rangers player should never be saying that. Like... So, is he? He's basically come out and said that the pressure gets to the players too much domestically, and I think that's highly alarming.
1: I, I think it's like what I touched on. It's the team set for big games. I find I think that's why they struggle against us. But they can sweep away everyone else in the league. They've got the two models. We've only got the one model, the big game model, and that's why against all these larger teams in Europe, we've actually managed to cope quite well because, like I say, we're set up for it. We're
0: not set up against Livingston away, you know what I mean? hmm. Um so Gerard like um well. uh, so Gerard's second season in charge, right? But not won anything again, right? Europe's been uh, he's saving grace, he's done tremendously well in Europe. Um I'll fire this one at uh, you, Josh. Um do you, so see Stephen Gerard, right? Do you think next do you think if Rangers don't win anything next season he should go?
2: Um, well I, I don't know if I can, I can qualify to answer that yeah. I'm <laughs> I am the I you because you're,
0: like, you're um, a neutral so I just want to hear your thoughts like yeah, from yeah. A, an outsider
2: um, I don't So he's, he's, what I can say is that he's proven to be a good manager you can obviously see over the two seasons he's had in Scotland Rangers have progressed I feel um, they've done I think there's more of a challenge on Celtic in the league. Um, they've done much, much better in European competitions like the Europa League. I mean, was it you were in the round sixteen?
0: Yeah, last sixteen. So, yeah, we were playing Leverkusen uh, second league, but I think we're yeah. pretty
2: much out. Uh, but there's no shame in going out to Leverkusen because you know they're a they're a big and good team, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, I I don't know. Like it's up in the air, you know. I don't think... I think he definitely deserves a few more chances, you know. Because, uh, I mean, look at the Cup final, uh, the League Cup final Rangers had against Celtic. I think we all know Rangers were the much better team. They should have won that. Yeah, exactly. So, I asked myself how Rangers didn't win that. I mean, it was an offside goal. Celtic had scored as well. So, um, but... I, I would give him a few more chances anyway. Because, like I say, I think he's proven to be a decent manager. I don't think... Personally, like he's done enough to get a bigger to move to a bigger club, if you know what I mean.
0: Not just yet, but I think for Rangers to keep him, I think it's quite vital, in my opinion. Yeah, like because Gerard, he's, uh, like he's definitely improved us, and I think everyone knows. Um, like, but, like I'm a massive Gerard fan, and i have so badly wanted to do well, right? And he, see after the Hamilton game, Matt, um, where we beat, we got beat one now and a lot of people were coming out lambasting Gerard, saying he should get sacked, this and that. I was like, no, the, the, the guy's done tremendously well in Europe. It would just be like a knee reaction to sack him, in my opinion. So, yeah, I do I do think he's the right, man, but Matt, like, what about you? Like, are you in the same uh, boat as me? Yeah, I think, um, obviously, he you know, you know, will get next season, obviously, I am not question about
6: that, but I think
3: if we don't win anything next season, I think serious questions need to be asked. It depends on the manner of how we don't win things. For example, we get into two cup finals, you know, be very close and you know, lose the league by a few points. Then obviously that I, he's done well as he's been working us, but obviously do the same, like we'll go out in the semi finals or quarter finals, you know, and we're still say, ten points better Celtic or whatever, then I think that's when you need to start looking at him and thinking, right, what's well, going on here? Um but no, I think he, I think next season we will definitely win something, whether that be the league or a cup or whatever. Um, so no, I think I think I
0: think he will. He's built this team for success, and I think he'll he'll um, will get to that success. Um, Ian, see Gerard. Um, he obviously he's not a perfect manager, but I think he's got potential to be a top manager, right? But obviously he does have his flaws. And when we did appoint him, I did say to people, right, this is not going to be a walk in the park. There's going to be some bumps along the way, and he has made quite a few bumps along the way, right? But I feel as though his biggest downfall. And I think it could come back to haunt him, as he's too stubborn, and he's he shows too much loyalty to certain players, and he's too stubborn to drop certain players like Tavernier and Goldson. And yeah, like I don't think that's right at all. But what's your thoughts? I I think you've got a good point. Yeah, he does
1: seem to be a bit a bit, a bit loyal to some of his players, but whereas there's other players, but he doesn't seem to give much of a chance to. Katich uh, one mistake they're gone their celt like your Jones, your Dockety. I I still believe Jones and Doherty, even just on, on the bench, are good enough to be on the bench. The quality drops not too big eh, not massive to me, but again, I'm not getting paid to manage teams. Um I think for the management, I think probably the most the most of the brains for Michael Beal, personally. I think Gerard's more of just a figurehead, but you need that, you need someone to inspire loyalty, stuff like that. I thought when you said this biggest flaw, I could have sworn you are going to see it, say, is, um, is lack of wanting to make subs, which will come to bite him in the butt because we're going to have five subs when we get back. To, because it's the, whole, the whole, new, whole new Corona thing, isn't it? Five yeah. subs. So we're making four of the subs in the 90th minute, I think, again, which isn't taking advantage of it.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, he's like, like you said, that's another one as well, mate. The subs, man, I'm just like. I'm sitting in the stands, and I'm like, Gerald, make a sub money that, and he leaves it too late, and it's like, <laughs> what's the point, man? Like, you can't do anything now. Like, it's too late for, like, the boy you've just brought on to come on and make an impact, you know. Um, but yeah, what do you, Matt? What do you make of uh, Gerald's signings? Um, do you think he's done well in the transfer market? I think if you look at his overall, overall uh, ten years manager, I think he's made some excellent signings. Um, obviously,
3: I think getting Kent over the line was. Massive, um, obviously. A lot of people could like to criticise him, but I think he's one of our most naturally gifted players. And I think Aribo's been a fantastic saying, he'll, he'll be great for us for years. Obviously, Haji, that's probably my most exciting. Uh, most exciting. Um, So I think, yeah, obviously, they had a few duds like um, Dresda, um, Sadik and that, but obviously, you're going to get that with Barker. every single club in the world. Barker,
0: oh, Barker yeah. Well. God, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie it's when we I first signed him oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt I just made a quick point here um, See when we signed Barker At first I was like You know what this, He could be alright Because I remember he tore us A new one Like when he was at Hibs And I was like You know what He could Aye. be a solid addition And I think he had like A couple good games at the start I'm not going to lie Then he, I think he got a goal as well And then I don't know what happened mate Like I think he just went back To being Brandon Barker Just a complete dud of a player <laughs> But yeah sorry Matt Continue you know,
3: I was just saying, obviously, you will get, like, every team in the world is going to make good signings, you know, and not every sign is going to be, you know, amazing. Um, Barker, I, I think he just, I still think he, he's he got the, the, you know, the confidence that, or the mindset to play for a big club like Rangers, and he seems too scared to, like, obviously, to take on players. And I touch. Ian touched touch. And I would have Jones every day of the week over him. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think overall his signings have been excellent.
0: Yeah, that is like obviously signing Ryan Kent was a big one, and uh, I'm so happy we got that one over the line. But Ian, do you think Ryan Kent has lived up to the price tag? Because, because in my opinion, um, I think he's a great player, right? Got, uh, but I don't know, mate. This season he's been far too inconsistent for me, and I expected a lot more considering how much we paid for him. I, uh, I think it's just a bit of that uh, second
1: season syndrome, isn't it? Um he's he's still sure he's been good. I think it's just with now we're putting too much focus on him. I forget he's still quite young. I think he's, he's twenty two, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe twenty three, I'm not twenty three, yeah, twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty-three. So he's still got plenty of years ahead of him. Stuff like that. Also, be, uh, before I forget, worth mentioning uh, signing wise, Philip Herrender, second signing for like the the money paid, like for the experience. Um by uh, sorry, Ryan Ken. Uh, I I think next season I think he's got a better chance. I think the the standards were set too high from second season, people had found out a bit more, but now we've got, it was more sort of like people were expecting him to create everything, but he's not exactly that kind of player, whereas now we've got Hadji, so it's more the other teams to focus on two players rather than just the one, do you know
0: what I mean? Mm-hmm, yeah, and uh, like going back to what when you said about Jordan Jones there, like, when we signed Jones, I thought it was a really good sign. I was like, this guy's got bags of pace, man, like he'll be great at taking on players, great at creating chances. Um, but ever since that uh, old firm uh, game where he got sent off and he injured himself in the process, it seems like Gerard just like completely severed on him. Uh What's that? no, no opinion, sorry. Sorry, no, I yeah, I think I
1: think um
3: I think I think Gerard has just went off for whatever reason, cause of that challenge. Um, and the role play qualifiers he's one of our best players you know he's, he's created a lot of chances and I think hopefully he will get another lot this season if he
1: doesn't that's just that's just silly yeah I was actually watching the the clips of All Rangers goals this season just trying to pick my goal this season because I'm non-biased you know what I mean but <laughs> the first like video off it was all Jordan Jordan Jones that was causing it he looked actually really good And all of the comments on YouTube were saying like this makes him look like a pure star player. Obviously, a lot of them has come off the bench, so it's fresh legs and stuff like that. But there's definitely a player in there, and even with even though his his odd little cameos, you can see there's a spark in there. And I'm, I'm not so certain, but was he was he signed for free?
0: Yeah, we got on a free contract. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't argue with that. You know, what I mean, why would you throw something like that away unless there's money in front of him? If, if apparently Stoke want him or something like that, if they were throwing money at him, the profit
0: margins you can't argue with mm mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that's what that's really weird. Like, we, like the with Gerard, we are. He just sours on players. He, like just like I don't know. It's like a kid playing me his toys. He just playing me like I'm one. Both of you, I want another one. You know, like you. That's literally that's the best analogy I can come up with. Like you just seems like you just like yeah. I'm bored of him now. You know. And I found it like did of you just watch that Westphalium interview yeah, that he done with uh, Open Goal i watched that yet. Um, mean, yeah, so, yeah, so I, one sorry. thing I was speaking to Matt about this at the weekend, right? One thing I found very interesting about what Fodrum said was see Gerard pulled him aside and Gerard said to him, You're not my type of person. but Gerard didn't explain why or anything. Fodrum was like kinda like, what? And the club are actively trying to get rid of Fodrum, um, but they're wanting too much. So so that was the like the main reason why Fodrum did stay at the club. Um and he was willing to go because he wasn't going to get any game time, and Rangers like were asking for too much. But yeah, that's why he stayed put. And then he was like, you know what, I'm going to try and fight for my place. But he said that Gerard was like, yeah, you're not my type of person, which I found quite interesting. You know, maybe his type
1: of person is
0: someone to say about that twenty yard shot. <laughs> like see, I all me I actually like Foydrum. I thought he was a good keeper. But when you've got the option of McGregor and Foydrum, you're choosing McGregor all day long. Every day, I easy choice. Yeah, so I would say like before we like move on to. Sibirian, I know Graham's been choking to be talking about this. I think he's bored <laughs> the death and old fun <laughs> chat. Um, but yeah, next season I think yeah, Gerard definitely deserves it. He's going to get it anyway. Um, but I think we can't go another season without winning anything. It's just not on, boys. It's not on, man. Like we need to we need to win the league next year, um, and. I obviously it's too early to say if we will do that um, but the well, only time will tell but um, uh, the signs we've made so far have been uh, been good I'm optimistic and I uh, I hope Gerard learns his lessons from uh, the last two seasons and the system I want to go with next year is a 4-2-3-1 and uh, Ian sure Matt I'm sure you I'm, I'm sure both agree with uh, that that we need to play with uh, a number 10 and Hadji needs to be that number 10 playing right behind Mariellis. Um, Ian, do you agree? Oh,
1: yeah. Had you in the hole every day, you've got two foot, you know what I mean? You can play Ken on left or right. If
0: give Jones a chance, get him left, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a good attacking three. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And like that's know like I don't want us to play 4-2-3-1 every game, right? But Gerard needs to obviously learn from his mistakes. And he obviously has grown as a young manager. He needs to... Um, like maybe chop and change our system because as I said earlier like teams have figured us out and we're too predictable to play against and that like, game against Hamilton just like just spoke volumes you know where we got beat 1-0 and like it's because we're too easy to play against you know so um, anything else Ian Matt that you want to say about Rangers before we move on to St Mirren um, no I think I think we've pretty much covered it all there right, so I time I know. so Graham um St. Mirren <laughs> See if Graham's no fell asleep yet <laughs> <laughs> just, just uh, about uh, just about there. Uh, <laughs> I don't worry, Josh, right after this mate will come to i because uh, Graham, I know you're I think I know you're bored to death uh, old fun chat and you yeah. uh, you just uh, you're not a fan of either of the old fun, right? So we'll go on to St. Mirren now. Uh, so St. Mirren were you happy with the season, mate? Obviously stayed up. Jim Goodwin came in and that was St Mirren's aim all along and even if the season didn't get called early I think St Mirren would have still stayed up yeah, I think if anything, we were going to
5: we were going to catch Golmarnock up uh, because we were in pretty good form we were on a massive high from beating hearts that was easily the game this season and, uh, overall I'm actually I'm, I'm pretty happy with the season I think we've achieved everything we've wanted to do stay we're staying we're in the league. But we, we, we did go through a period where you know, it was looking like we could end up getting a but we've really kicked on parts have really done the opposite of kicking on and and I think uh, if this isn't continued we definitely would have been going pushing much higher towards the top half of the bottom half. But um we're not a complain. We stayed in the league and Hopefully
0: now we've made some good sign-ins uh, and we can push on and compete for like 7th or 8th And um, So were you happy with uh, Jim Goodman's business in the summer? Because obviously in 2018 um, <laughs> it was safe to say your, tra- your transfer business under Alan Stubbs was a disgrace. It's maybe the worst business in the history of Scottish football. Um, <laughs> don't, even,
5: don't even get me... Started on seventy five grand for a what was it ninth or tenth tier centre back who played two games we loaned him out and then he left on a free um, you know just the same from the from the world east England which through lowly stops that football and um, it's so clear that we are miles miles ahead of non league football in England.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Because you even said to me uh, last week on um, PS4 where, where like, it was, as you said, it was like 100k, right, for a player. And St Mirren do not spend that kind of money. And if St Mirren are bringing a player in for that amount, they expect to get a return <laughs> on the the payment they made. Yeah, 100%. If we spend that kind of money, you know, that's an investment in the future of the World You know, I that with a With a um, nice. Like,
5: little profit percentage
0: down the line which is we've done we've done quite a lot of that we made a million pounds at a drum again going to Aston Villa yeah so I see my opinion mate I think one of St Mirren's real standouts is uh, Obika I think he is a real like he's I think he is a good player man I think uh, in the
5: my last podcast appearance actually was slating be a bit, but, you know, the tables of all mightily turned. He's, I think what we realised was that you just needed a good partner up top, and we signed Alex Kubiak Unknown,
6: loan,
5: absolutely unlocked Obeke, became a monster, a goal screen machine, just, now he's an absolute top player, and I think he'll definitely push for 15 goals this season.
0: hmm and I was going to ask this one mate like see when he's got beat 5-2 off Hearts at Tyne Castle under Austin McPhee <laughs> um, were you thinking at any point right things could go sour here we might actually we go down here did that ever cross your mind or were you always confident right Jim Goodwin's the right man Jim Goodwin's like organised a, a good enough team to stay up but were you ever worried at all when he's was hit on young
5: you're never ever confident about anything. It's um, just part and parcel of the of the experience, um, especially I got beat by hearts. You know, I thought this this is not good. I thought things were going to get worse, but I thought it was you know a real bad blip, and managed to overcome that. We had some great games, and then we ultimately had the
0: last laugh. And. Mm-hmm. Um- <laughs> yeah, I know because I remember you on Twitter mate I know you're like mad for the Twitter right and every second tweet comes up Graham right <laughs> so I remember the night that you beat hearts oh mate you were like noising up hearts fans like left right and centre man like, <laughs> yeah, like, like I remember like your argument all sorts and then I'm just like jeez oh man what's Graham like <laughs> I, I like to present a uh, the podcast and the uh, tweets
5: don't uh, reflect
0: the of the views of Scott <laughs> Scott, Scott. <laughs> and, and mate this podcast always gets like criticised for being a, part, like, a, a pro Rangers podcast but then again I've got f- like three Rangers fans on including myself here so <laughs> but yeah but, you know, i come to the, this one with you you see when we played St Mirren earlier on in the season right I was impressed with them. I thought they were really well organised and I think that's one thing Jim Goodwin has got Going at Samirin, where he really knows how to organise a team and there's a structure, and at times they can be difficult to break down. And remember, um, we were struggling that game, and we were struggling to really create anything. Then it, out of nowhere, it was like a, a fantastic free kick from uh, Barisic, and uh, Barisic did kick on after that. But were you impressed with Samirin that day? I actually I remember when we were looking at Samirin, and I thought it would be, like you say, that when Stubbs not it would be an easy day, This nice cricket score
1: laugh
0: away, move on, but it was, the dog and look tough, the goal came from a free kick, so that says it always right, doesn't it? Yeah exactly, um, but yeah like, yeah so Mirren have uh, like done what they set out to do and stay up, and Graham, do you think next season you can kick on maybe a top six or do you think, right the aim is just like stay up and that's it, don't care how we do it, but do you think this team has potential to maybe kick on?
5: pretty um a pretty glass I think kinda guy top six About ambitious. I mean we still I think we had you know the lowest of the second most great budget in the league last season so kinda of, actually after this we'll have an even bigger budget. So so we we'll just think you know we we'll start, established ourselves in the league again after, you know, a brief period in the championship and I think uh consolidate
0: the season this season hopefully finish ninth, eighth, and then the season after that we can see where we go, you know, been now having a game Scottish Cup, which was critical by uh, So you never know. Do, so do you think um like I would say who would you say is St Miren's standout player, who do you see that right, I really hope we keep a hold of him but and uh, like obviously clubs will be like looking at like looking at him, you know, like who would you say is St Miren's standout player, you like your key player who could maybe go in the summer?
5: Uh, Well, I don't think our team has one starter there. was but sadly, he has left the club. He was far and above, in my opinion, one of the best keepers in the league by a a great way. Other than that, you've got a pretty, don't have many stars. I think Kyle McGuinness, who's just been with our captain, he's got a lot of problems he's got a really long way. Um, Sam Foley, he was he ran the midfield really for us last season. Really organised, greatly down the pitch. Um uh, I think but where I did co jump goodness built a unit rather than a team consisting of individuals.
0: hmm So Graham, I know you're a massive Cup Broadfoot fan, mate. I know you love him. Right, and see when he first came <laughs> back mate, I know for a fact you were buzzing mate, like bought a champagne open celebrating that big cuts came home, so tell us, tell the listeners boys, <laughs> uh, tell the listeners and the boys how much you love Cut Broadfoot. He's absolutely excellent, you know,
5: absolutely love him, uh, you know, someone that makes is an egg, is not someone who should be anywhere near, a, anywhere near a football player, <laughs> <laughs> you know. When he came back, he's, obviously, he started his career with us uh, in the First Division Then he went to Rangers. Um, and, you know, when he came back, he thought that was a that was kind of nice, nice ending to his career. So, okay. he was pretty decent for us. Then things went south, and on deadline day in January, he um, drove to Kilmarna to Tried to force a move. So much. He wanted to leave someone so much. That
0: he paid his own transfer fee, so no, good evidence. Yeah, so that's definitely like tainted the the legacy that he once had at some minute Because obviously back in the day, like twelve years ago, he was a good player. Got his move to Rangers, and if I'm being honest, right, I don't know if Ian and Matt will agree, but I actually thought Cut Broadfoot was a a decent player for us. I thought it was a solid player to have, like a solid squad player. Um, but yeah, that just kind of sums Cut Broadfoot up. Cut Broadfoot up. I that Kind of you know, Cut Broadfoot up where. He, in deadline day he pays his own transfer to go back to Camarnock and the only reason he left Camarnock eh, Chris is because he had a falling out with eh, the manager at the time Alessio yeah and he's, he's been left with egg on his face
5: definitely
0: yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> definitely that's a good one good one no i come I'll uh, Chris I'll come to you with that one then so yeah, like he just sums Cup Broad. God, I can't get Cup Broadfoot's name out of the day. Broadfoot's name, oh, Jesus, man, I haven't a mail. That just sums Broadfoot up, right? Paying his own transfer fee to go back to Kamarnock and the reason he left Komarno is because he had a falling out with uh, Alessio. Yeah, I know. Chris. Yeah, I'm here. alright yeah. so did you hear what I said there?
4: Yeah, about him paying his own transfer fee
0: to go back to Kilmarnock. Yeah, you're yeah, definitely right there. sums him up. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yes, yeah, is there anything else you want to add on uh, Submiran, uh, Graham? Um, you said he's.
3: And...
0: Sorry, boys, it's say? Uh, heavy cutting out there. Uh, what are you saying, Graham? Alright. Overall, I would just say pretty good season. You know, we'll kick on next year. You know, Yeah, definitely, mate. So, well, we'll move on from that, and we'll talk about uh, Aberdeen. Um, oh, I'm so, oh, sorry. So, this connection's peeled bad here, man. Like, hold on. Thank you. Uh, so, I uh, we're just uh, we're back in record now, boys. Um, sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties on my part. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I we're all here now. Um, I've uh, put the link in the Facebook chat for Graham to rejoin. Um, so I, Aberdeen, <laughs> second time lucky. Um, Josh, eh, Aberdeen eh, finished fourth this season. Eh, same as last campaign. What's what's your thoughts in Aberdeen season? Still in, uh, in the Scottish Cup, potential to win something. But were you were you content with uh, Aberdeen season? Um, it's been a very
2: average season if I'm being honest mate me and Matt were just talking there about how we've had an up and down season you know it's been very inconsistent you know but what we can take from it is that we're in Europe I think
0: or at least the qualifiers and we're in the Scottish Cup semis mm-hmm. yeah exactly mate so like this season though I think this is a well yeah like, well, last season now but yeah I felt as though Derry McKinnon, got lambasted by the Aberdeen uh, support. This is where he got really heavily criticised, and even off you, um, like you were like very unhappy with some of the things he was doing, like tactically, and uh, you, you weren't really getting results, and his record against the old firm, uh, especially the Celtic, is really poor. And I remember after the five nil game at Ibrox, where we were just all over you that day, that that's where a lot Aberdeen Aberdeen fans came out and they're like, right, we want rid of my we need something new, we need something fresh.
2: Yeah, I think it was, it came down to a lack of creativity. We badly lacked that um, up front. Um, from that game, it was just tragic, just eye-bleeding football to watch, you know. We didn't have that spark up front. Um, but I think, by um, like the first half of the season was very poor. Um but I couldn't build up a good run. I think the second half of the season, with the new additions like Matthew Kennedy and Dylan McGee coming in, that's made it a bit more fresh. Like, and it started to quicken a little bit. I know the start of the second half of the season was a bit poor, but I think we've kind of built up a wee bit of pace up front with more options. So, um, and it's good to have those players on board. You know, because they're quite good in my eyes.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so were you uh, happy with the business that Denny McInnes done uh, in the summer Um, well at those two players
2: yeah
0: sorry Josh you're cutting out a bit there Uh, sorry mate you're cutting out a bit there can you say that again (laughs) so here we go Third time lucky boys, right? I've had uh, some technical difficulties yet again. And sorry, Josh, um, you were te- talking about Aberdeen there. And um, obviously my fault due to what happened. So, yeah, were you happy with uh, Derek McKenzie's McKinsey- business in the the summer? Um, well, the summer, I think we signed players like Curtis Mayne, you know, that says all you need to know. Um, and well, for at least our summer transfer signings, but
2: And in the first half of the season, like we were basically an average team, you know, like an up and down season. We couldn't build a consistent format. Mm -hmm. It was really that lack of creativity we needed, and I think we got those players in January with Matthew Kennedy and Dylan McGear, which gives us more fresher options, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what? See if Dan McInnes fails to. Win the Scottish Cup, right? And it's going to be very tough considering you're up against Celtic. Do you think the the new owners at Aberdeen will be like you know what? We need a, We need out Like a fresh uh, change here. Mm, I don't think it will, mate. Um, I mean, I, I I I think he'll be with us until we at least get well. When that's going to be the new stadium?
2: Because mm-hmm. that's just been pushed back again. You know what well, I can not imagine it going to be here any time soon. But no, I still think he'll be here for quite a while. I think he has
6: an embedded relationship with the board, you know, Mm -hmm.
2: a friendship, I should say. So, um, but I don't know what to expect from this team because, like, over the past, like, 30 years, Aberdeen have only won two cups. You know, it's like, I don't know what to expect from this team anymore. We're just, like, an average side. Mm -hmm. The best, like, squad he's had... Is that a 16-17 season? We had, like, James Madison, Sheney, McLean, Ryan Christie, like, and we got to two cup finals that season. But, like, that's, like, the best squad he's ever going to have, you know? And no one was beating Celtic that season, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And you, like, you and I um, have said it many times on the podcast, mate, like, see when he rejected Rangers to stay at Aberdeen, like, he was, he's, like he's bulletproof after that, mate. Like, it only, I, in my opinion, right, uh, I think it would take something catastrophic for him to get a sack at Aberdeen because as I said mate like I know the like the fans aren't overly keen on him but rejecting Rangers to stay at Aberdeen is like he's like seen uh, as a hero uh, by some of the some of the people on the board not so much for the fans but the board you know but um, Grian what's your thoughts yeah. on uh, what I said there? Um
5: well, certainly, that is concomitant, you know. Um, I think uh, he's pretty pep on Aberdeen. You know, he's, he's done qu- quite a lot of them. You know, they have stagnated, but he has won a cup with them. They've been consistently, you know, pretty big pretty big team. Second biggest in Scotland, second best in Scotland for the Rangers. So, mm-hmm. you know. He's
0: definitely in his, his place, Aberdeen, and I think it, it definitely would take a lot for him to, to get booked. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Graham, what have you made of Aberdeen? Anytime you've seen them this season, like as Josh uh, said earlier on, it's like really brutal stuff to watch, and, and like and, and he's just so negative as a manager, in my opinion. Like, I don't even know. I think Dan McInnes has done a great job. At Aberdeen, he's totally transformed the club, but maybe like could Aberdeen get better than him? You know, um. But, going back to my main question, like assuming you've been watching Aberdeen, have you like, just been like, this is horrible?
5: Yeah, well, we beat them at the start. We beat them at start of the season at home. And that was, that was a period where we were not scoring goals like, at all. We still beat Aberdeen 1-0. And they were absolutely horrendous. And that kind of gave me... That kind of gave me the, the impression of how, how their season going to go. But then, we played them a few times. Uh, you know the set was about two between our legs a few times and then they beat us in the cup quite comprehensively so I think over the course of the season they
0: had improved quite a bit yeah so Ian um, see when uh, Alden came to Ibrox um, in 2020 and uh, Rangers drew 0 with them, remember her, like how negative they set up with. There was like ten men behind the ball, and they even done that earlier on the season where we beat them five 0 And like I think there was this photo going around, um, Ian. That there was, uh, it was like Sam Cosgrove was literally outside his own box, and it was like it was it was embarrassing, embarrassing to see, mate. Uh, yes I think after the.
1: The 5-0, I think they were really motivated just to not let it happen again, especially coming down to Ibrox. It's been strange, actually, because Aberdeen were a bogey team under Mourinho. They'd always seem to do against us, but ever since Gerrard's came in, he's just been scalping them. Mm-hmm. But you know, I remember seeing the photo. It was like, to a comparison, it's like when you watched uh, Man U under Mourinho, you see Lukaku playing left-back sometimes. It was just sad to see, yeah. but then um, you don't want to have 5-0 in, you know what I mean? But the point
0: away from home against Rangers is decent. Mm-hmm. No, like, just going back to what you said there, mate, like, see, even, like, under Graham Murray, um, he seemed to have a good record against McKenna's, but, like, I think it was I think it got kind of, like, mixed up there, where it was, like, um, Aberdeen uh, seemed to be, like, our bogey team under Gerard, but under Murray, Murray would beat them, like, very convincingly. I
1: don't know, sorry,
0: my bad. My That's alright, aye. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it's, it seems like, um, Josh, uh, it seems like. McInnes does have, like, a decent record against Gerrard, obviously. Um, two seasons ago, like, where, like, uh, Aberdeen ruined our season, effectively, by uh, knocking us out of um, the Scottish Cup and or, and knocking us out of the League Cup. Um, but, yeah, that's one thing that he's improved on. He's, like, he's got a better record against Rangers now than he did before, but the record against Celtic is appalling. And that, it just seems like that's not going to improve. I think he's only beat Celtic once in the last, God, like... Three seasons, three or four seasons—is that
2: right? Oh, the, the last time we've beaten him at home, anyway, it's no been since like twenty sixteen. That's
0: that says a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think the last time we beat them,
2: I think it was at Parkhead, when, one nil or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's what. you he's, I, I, no, I, he's I, got second that season. What was
2: that? Sorry.
0: Ah, he's got second that season. Um, yeah.
2: He, I I think so. I. But, um, like, no, his record against Celtic's terrible. Um, um, I don't know what it is. There is a mentality drop when we play them. I don't think we do it intentionally. Like, we're not going to say, right, we're going to roll over to Celtic today. Like, I think it's this case because our record's been that bad against them. Like, I think some of the players might get in their head, or oh, we're going to get pumped. You know, it's, it can be pretty brutal to watch us against Celtic. Mm-hmm. The, the hard part about it and I'll even admit it but see back in December I think when we were at Parkhead and we lost 2-1 just 2-1 a lot of Aberdeen fans will probably come away with that and think that's a good result mm-hmm. because it's not the usual pumping we'll get
0: Yeah So I remember when um, you were playing Celtic at Potodri I think you were like 3 4 nil down in the first half I'm sure Yeah yeah, and it's I I think we're four now or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was really bad to watch. Like from obviously from a Aberdeen, Aberdeen fans' uh, perspective. So, one thing you need to give McInnes credit on is like Sam Cosgrove. Uh, Matt, I'll come to you with this one. Sam Cosgrove, when he first came here, a lot of people thought he was a dud. Like, what's McInnes doing? Like buying someone like Sam Cosgrove. But to be fair, the boy mate, he's really came on to a game, and he's like. Like we were, God knows where Aberdeen would be without him
3: no, no I think part of the problem was he wasn't doing so well I don't think they were playing to his strengths um, as such um, I think they realised that and they've started playing to his strengths and I think this season he's got like 20 odd goals or something or near enough there um, and he's really obviously like you said where Aberdeen would be without him I have no idea I would, I'd honestly probably think you know, bottom like, uh, not the bottom six but towards the bottom half of the top half um, so yeah, I think he really is their key player. One of their key players obviously got Lewis Ferguson um and their keeper as well. Uh no Sam I personally, if I'm looking at him and I'm Gerard, I'm thinking if I'm looking at a third price striker, he'd certainly be on my on my short list, you know, like with dykes and my first choice would be like and Berry, but you know, I think Osgorf would could certainly make a jump up to a ranger so as like a backup striker. Um
0: Chris, I'll come to you with this one. Um obviously from a Celtic fan's uh, perspective, see any time you are playing against Aberdeen, are you even worried or are you just like, right, you know what, this is just going to be an easy three points for us because Aberdeen have a terrible record against us but were you ever like, concerned or worried like, oh man, they might take points off us?
4: Um, not really. Um, Just like, go into it and then, obviously I know they're always up there challenging on, under Derek McInnes for the European spot at least and then, it actually, wasn't that long ago that they were actually, when we were under Ronnie Dyla, you could have actually considered them title contenders. Um, so it still has a big feel, big game feel about it. But um, we always seem to get the job done, and a lot of the time, it's never with too much
0: trouble. mhm, Yeah. So, Josh, is there anything else you want to like add on about Aberdeen before we move on to Hearts? Um, No, I think we've covered it all mate Yeah, so Hearts uh, obviously relegated A shocking season they had boys Um, Craig Levine somehow lasted in that job for as long as he did And yeah, it was baffling And it's safe to say that he should take a large uh, chunk of the blame for why they got relegated So I'll start with you Ian Hearts this season, sum them up
1: Aye, Hearts led by Craig Levine, appointed by Craig Levine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <older> Aye, <laughs> Hearts what, won four games all season yep. for a club of their stature, just frankly is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we've covered before about the season ending earlier, it was unlikely
6: they were ever going to come back. Like, there's no <laughs> games they have that Hammond couldn't also win. Mm-hmm.
1: Eleven draws, uh, draws, sorry isn't it's, ach, it's just I'm looking at the stats mess, have 21 goal difference it's it's not impressive at all Uh no time never seems ever seem to
0: actually realise their footballers win their risk and ranges <laughs> exactly I know like we went to Tyne Castle three times um last season mate and we like <laughs> we didn't win once like we the, like we drew one each with them and then the, the other two times we got beat beat us in the cup beat us in the league it's embarrassing from our perspective considering how poor they were last season but uh, Graham. On you go, sorry. No, I just to say that the couple was particularly nasty, uh like a, a stinger. Yeah, it was, man. Like Sorry, you'll kick me teeth that. So Graham, where do you think it went wrong with Because see me looking at squad, mate, it's not a bad squad. That squad is easily capable of finishing the top six. And and obviously Levine gets a lot of finger pointing in that and quite rightly so, but where else do you think it went wrong at Hurts?
5: You know, it's hard to say because when you look at a squad, you think you know there is there is definitely a lot of talent there and there's a lot of a lot of ability in that team, but somehow yeah, just none of it, none of it clicked. You know, barely any players played well this season. There was a few standouts. Um, just my whole culture of absolute misery around the clubs, It's just completely baffling, and you know, dare I say funny, but. What's happened this season? It's like a comedy of errors. They've lost, lost so many games. They won, what is it, four games all season? Sorry, I went wrong, wrong earlier. Um, that's just unacceptable for a club like Hearts. Like, and it's hard to, it's hard to point the exact finger. I think it's a whole culture of the club, from the, from the top down, from like Ian said, you know, K Club in himself. Uh, in all of twenty nineteen, they barely won a single game um so it started well before this season. I think Levine is just a a, a negative manager, very plain style. And he's quite combative uh, with the media and the, the rest of Scottish football. So I think you know a bit of a bit of a dinosaur, some might say. So I think from there Dan Daniel Stendle and he came in fighting a complete losing battle. You know, how you how you come back are you gonna come back from the situation they're in he's trying to have some pressing football
0: completely change the system mid-season it's just it's a comedy it's... Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt why did Ann Budge take so long to sack Craig Levine what do you think the reason was
3: <coughs> I don't know I think there was definitely like, something going on behind the scenes there what that something is I I, I don't know I, I think there was definitely if there was any other manager um, they'd, they'd be long gone but for a reason like, Craig Levine had his like, you know claws in that club. Um but obviously he's gone now, but it, it was it was definitely something fishy going on um behind the scenes and I don't know, just doesn't sit right with me. I think it may come out one day. Um but if it does it won't be for a long time. But no I'm Budge I think I'm Budge I think like I said there is something fishy. But I think at the end of the day I think she does care about hearts and wants them to do well. But I don't know, I think I think she needs to kinda take blame for it as much as I
0: like think does as well, mm-hmm. and they appointed Daniel Stendel. Um, Chris, did you see any improvement in Hearts when they appointed Daniel Stendel? And um, because for me, I thought it was like a very weird appointment. Because boys, um, I don't know if you remember on the pod? I was saying at the time, like Daniel Stendel was a big risk. I don't think this is going to work out. Um, and obviously, like, never because look what happened, you know. But and who knows if Hearts could have stayed up? Um, but what did you? What do you think? Do you think? Hearts are pr- and obviously they got relegated so they didn't really improve but do you see any improvement from the, the Craig Levine era?
4: Um, not at the moment, no. Um. You just look at the results, they actually, after his appointment, they didn't get their first win in the league until that result against Rangers that really began to sway the tide in the league in Celtic's favour. Um, then after that, their only other positive result in the league was...
0: Three one win away at Easter Road, so they did get the better of Hibs. Um, obviously, they still have the Scottish Cup to look forward to. <laughs> oh, yeah of course, you have to get that one in there. Um, also they playing Hibs in the <laughs> the semi final, and yeah, who knows what what can happen? They can still obviously like go on and get a bit of silverware, you know. But the main thing is they are relegated, and that is disastrous for the club. You know so, um, Ian. So do you think the way Hearts sacked Stendhal sacked then appointed Robbie Nielsen was a wee bit I don't know it was like fishy in a sense like because Stendel didn't even get a thank you off the club or anything or he, or he might off now I don't know but at the time he never because like it just came out out of nowhere Robbie Nielsen appointed Hearts manager. And it was like there was no speculation in the press They up to it. Because usually when something like that happens, you're like, oh, you would see some rumours pressing they're having talks with her. just this came out at left field. Like, yeah, Robbie Nielsen's getting announced today at 12 o'clock. You know, and I thought it was a wee bit harsh the way uh, Anne Burge, like handled it. Like, considering the fact Stendhal took a wage cut and wasn't... No, in fact, like, he wasn't getting paid at all, actually. And... He took that. Uh, he took that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sacrifice for the club, and that's the way they kind of like, ha- like treat them where they're just like, sweat, just wash their hands of him, That's it, and then don't even, to my knowledge, say thank you to him. Um What do you think? Yeah, I, f- I thought it was a bit
1: strange. It was, especially when I saw the announcement on Twitter. It wasn't even that they even mentioned Stendhal stepping down. It was just Nielsen appointed, and I thought, what well, they got manager? What's, what's what's going on here? Mm-hmm. It seemed like I don't know. It, it was it was very very sudden, and especially for uh, Nielsen to jump ship from a newly promoted team to a team that's more likely than not going to be playing the championship next year. And mm-hmm. uh, like we mentioned earlier, regarding heart signings a bit strange. Always Stendhal took the big sacrifice, which is quite noble of him. To be fair, he didn't have to take absolutely zero money for it. That's that's above and beyond in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, all his staff are taking wage cuts and then the uh, Signing Craig Gordon, decent manager, the the signing yeah. Gordon as well, who, like I said, won't be playing for free and he probably won't. They probably may, may take a wage cut, but he'll still get on good money. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's something fishier, on that I just can't put my finger on it. It feels as if they stand up, probably came into training one day and his name wasn't on the door, if you know what I mean. It was Nelson's door, Nelson's uh, name in the door,
0: yeah, yeah, it was just. Thought Hearts could have handled it, like, better. Like, as you say, like, like uh, staff were, uh, had, like had to take wage cuts and then they're out appointing Robbie Nielsen and they obviously had to pay a bit of compensation for that and they're, they're signing Craig Gordon. So, yeah, it was a wee bit odd, you know. So But something must have happened behind the scenes at Dundee United for Nielsen just be like, right, okay, I'm going to Hearts, you know. So, yeah, but that, is there anything else, boys, you want to speak about... Uh, Regarding Hearts, I think we
2: pretty much
0: covered it all. Yeah, I think yeah, Nielsen, though is a good appointment. Um, I think he'll do well there. And I obviously before when he was at Hearts, he had done a great job where he won the championship in a Canter, and his first season back. Yeah, Hearts finished third. Uh, and then uh, in his last season, um, he left halfway through, and I think Hearts were sitting. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Hearts were sitting like second in the league or something like that setting a but butler and his last game in charge was against um, Rangers and obviously they beat Rangers 4-1 but yeah he would be a good appointment and Dundee United though I just want to mention this uh, Ian who do you think will get the Dundee United job uh, the the names in contention for the job are Malky McKay Tommy Wright and Steve McLaren oh it's it's got to be Craig Levine surely I'm oh the- Craig Levine <laughs> too
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's all a great laugh at it mm-hmm. Now we will saying this in the chat. Um, Tommy Wright seems to be the best appointment, but it's not the style of appointment. I don't think they'll go for. I think they'll they'll want at McLaren. I think, yeah, no. Nah, but I I would personally say Tommy Wright's the one to get the results. Bigger budget they had than they had at St Johnson.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, hmm I can see back can see him in McLaren because he wouldn't come up for talks if he wasn't willing to take a cotton etc. You know what I mean? Then his his career's dead in the Netherlands and in England.
0: Yes so this is a, his chance to like salvage some sort of his uh, damaged reputation back because the guys a and so he doesn't know Scottish football so that, in my opinion like obviously I'm not a fan of United I would love them to appoint Steve McLaren because I think it'll be a disaster and I think they'll be back down the championship <laughs> if they do um, so yeah what about Malcolm McKay um, this is a very controversial one boys um, Graham I'll come to you with this right so what's your thoughts on Malcolm McKay Been linked with the Dundee United job?
6: Uh, I think,
5: like, I don't think Malcolm McKay should be elevated (laughs) earlier. But though, to be honest, I think, you know, it's quite clear that things he did were reprehensible and I don't think he deserves to have a job as prestigious as what he has right now or a job as ambitious as managing Dundee United. And as managing progress, it's clear that, you know, obviously a very talented manager, but, you don't want the dark cloud that comes with him with a point and I think most United fans would be you know very against that move as well and I think it would just be absolute suicide from them They'd need to go for that
0: Matt green. so but, uh, sorry can me you going to say something there? no I'm green. All right, green. I was just agreeing alright so Matt um, like, a, a lot of people talk about second chances right now everyone deserves a second chance. Do you think Malcolm Mackay deserves a second chance and to be back uh, managing a football team again?
3: Um, it's, I don't know. It's a tricky one to say, but I, I, I personally, I don't know. I think he's had his chance. He's in that and obviously, obviously, obviously what we obviously, done wasn't wasn't good at all. But I don't know. I, I feel like even if he did come back, anybody be able to do as well as he's done previously with clubs, I'm not sure, but I think um, I, I, if I was a board owner uh, owner of a club, um, I personally wouldn't be going near him, um, I wouldn't be what, like associated with that if that makes sense.
0: Um, Ian, do you remember when he was appointed manager at Wigan and Wigan came under a lot of backlash for a lot of criticism and uh, a few of their sponsors pulled out? Um, so they did due to the appointment, and Dave Whelan, the Wigan chairman at the time, was defending it, and and obviously he came under a lot of criticism for appointing McKay and defending him, and it didn't work out for McKay. Um, like at Wigan, it, like the players didn't really take to him. He ended up getting sacked. I think uh, they got relegated under him as well. Um, but do you think Dundee, Dundee United will be taking a risk in terms of the way they're perceived from the public and and maybe potentially uh, sponsors could pull out and they could lose a lot of money uh, due to the bad publicity of appointing Malcolm McKay? Oh, 100%. I think
1: the appointment of Malcolm McKay would be an absolute PR disaster than the United, I don't think, especially just if I, I actually saw today all the stuff that he, he, he did at, um, was it Cardiff? Yeah, Car- uh, I think
0: it was um, shortly after. He was at Cardiff. Um, he was obviously at the time he was doing those texies, Um he was, at, he was at Cardiff, and then he let. I think he got sacked or whatever. Not due to those texts, but it, he was in contention for the Palace job. And then, seeing those Texts ah, yeah, came yeah. out, that's when that's when Palace like, nah, we're not taking you. It was. It's. It's just that the quantity of stuff he was saying, and it was. It,
1: well, it wasn't. It was pretty, pretty nasty stuff he was saying. Um, from a peer point of view, disaster. No one, Bobby, would be proud to be a fan of that club, um, especially if the club defended them. It players underneath them. If you're from a, a minority, you would not have any respect them. You'd probably spit in his car as you walked past. Do you know what I mean? Would hmm. be. I w- that's why I didn't even mention them. You asked me about their appointment. I don't think it's even worth being in the sentence.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, we'll move on f- uh, from th- uh, that. So we will. Um, but yeah. <laughs> So well, golden reviews. <laughs> so we'll move on from that one. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Tommy Wright should get the job. I think uh, like Tommy Wright staring at Dundee United right in the face. It'd be daft not to appoint him. Um, but me personally, so I'm not a fan of Dundee, United, bring in Craig Levine or Steve McClellan. That's what I want, mate. Um so we'll go <laughs> through all the teams uh uh as quick as we uh, qu- as quick as we can. Um I'll come to you with this one, uh Matt, Molliwell finished third. Stephen Robinson, he's done a fantastic job. Molliwell played some decent stuff this season as well. What was your thoughts on Molliwell's campaign? And even if the season like didn't finish early, do you think they could have went on and uh, finished third?
3: Yeah, I think, I think obviously Aberdeen were only like one point behind them, but I think Molliwell showed incredible consistency over the season. I think they would have you know, still secured third, but... Overall, like I said, they were incredibly consistent and they've got a lot of good young players coming through. They've um, all got a good youth system in place there. And I think it's going to be building up for a few years under Stephen Robinson. He's obviously came in a few years ago. At this point, I think it was like 2017. Um, people at the time are saying, oh, this was a, they're just going for the cheap option. But he's obviously uh, done really well. And he's teaming up really well. And every season, he's kind of built upon that. And obviously, they'll be in Europe um, next season, so it'll be interesting to see how they do there, but no, I think um, they've got a really good young squad. and hope I think I think that squad, for as long together as possible, and they could go on to do like really consistently well
0: in the league. Um, Graham, what did you make of uh, Motherwell this season and the job that Stephen Robinson has done there? Uh, yeah,
5: I was, I, I, I've been pretty impressed with Motherwell this season. And I think they played some decent football. You know. Oh, they've done very well to assert themselves back in Europe after quite a long time of the uh, mid-table obscurity. I think since a very good manager uh, and definitely deserves the, 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 the rumours of a Northern Ireland uh, position.
0: Yeah, and the, the, a former Motherwell manager, Ian Barraclough, got that job. So, uh, Ian Barraclough got it in... Um, I think Northern Ireland are going down the Northern, uh, the England route, where England appointed uh, Gareth Southgate from the England uh, under twenty one. so I think they're following that uh, philosophy of doing things, you know. Um, it, like, obviously, Ian Barrycliffe knows uh, the Northern, I- Northern Ireland's set-up, but for me, it's a bit of a risk, man. Like I don't think Ian Barrycliffe done well at Motherwell. I don't th- think he's overall a good manager, so I think... Uh, Northern Island missed a trick when they didn't appoint Stephen Robinson and or, or even Tommy Wright for that matter, you know. But yeah, that was that was an interesting one. But Motherwell will be very happy, Chris, that uh, Stephen Robinson will not be the next. Well, obviously, be at Non Island because it's Ian Baraclough's there. So they'll be very happy that Robinson will be staying put for the time being. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, they've
4: got Euro League football to look forward to. Um, they've done well to beat out Aberdeen for that spot Um, they fought between the two of them for the majority of the season Um, and I think honestly if Stephen Robinson had took that Northern Ireland job then Motherwell would have dropped out of the top six for next season
0: yeah 100% no absolutely agree Um, so Livy finished fifth Um, Matt what was your thoughts on Livy this season there being the surprise package off the Premiership, haven't they? Like, honestly, God, like when they got promoted, everyone thought they were going down, right? But so, like, the, what a job Gary Holt has done, man! It has to be said. No,
3: he's done fantastic. I think he's got them set up in a way where obviously they're very solid at the back, but they can they can still uh, score a goal or two? Um, obviously like London Dicks up front, he's been a revelation for them. Like he's not, he didn't score that many, but he's obviously he's big and physical and his defenders. Um and obviously going to Livingston Stadium like, that pitch is like perfect for them but any other team that goes to that pitch is it's awful like obviously the players will tell you um, they hate I imagine a lot of them like if you name all which away they do you hate the most like playing wise probably Livingston would be up there but no Gary Holt has done a fantastic job and I, I mean, remember when he got appointed after Kenny Miller I thought okay this might go either way because obviously he'd been away for a few years from football
0: um, but he's oh, done fantastic I think him and Stephen Robinson like should be up there as one of the managers of the year mm. um, Ian so as we all know um, like Levy's pitch is terrible <laughs> and it is it is brutal like for players to play on and both uh, old firm t- uh, teams have went there and lost I think that was Gerard's no. first loss his manager no, no it wasn't sorry that was um, no. his first loss was uh, against Celtic but yeah, Rangers have lost there, Celtic have lost there, Celtic got beat 2-0 um, their last season very comfortably. Um, But yeah, the their pitch like, plays into their style of play and it's a, it's like a 12th man for them in a sense, if you get me. like, It really is. And I know we can moan about the pitch all day and it is a terrible pitch, but the thing is, so, every team needs to play in it. And yeah, it should not be there, but sadly it is and we need to just get a grip to it sadly.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's uh those pitches we just want rid of in the league. then um, Hamilton Cabarnock, I think. Yep. Yeah. Just don't want them in the pitch, it increases injury. It's sometimes just not like nice to watch when the ball hits the ground, all the little black pelts fly up in the air. It's just this but they they made arguments for it, it's cheap and they can do all this the different stuff on it. Leviston, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, it's like an extra man for them. But Quite well quite worth shouting out for Livingston's main man, Lyndon Dykes. Yeah, that's right. Like the Rangers. Top racer top scorer in the whole, in
0: the whole team. It's mm-hmm. unusual you get him to be a top assistant and top scorer. Mm-hmm. He, looks, he looks like a player. Oh, so would you take him at Rangers? I so, oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt,
1: by you, So you would definitely take him at Rangers, yeah? I would. I would. If someone told me that it would be in the last year, I would say absolutely not because my first impression of him was very much the same as people thought of. People
0: like brand uh like cuts being that just complete battering ram of a man. But it, he's shown that he's actually got a good touch, he's, he can set up goals. He's actually got like, a bit of pace as well to be fair to him, I he's, you know, quite tall. Mm-hmm. And he's he's consistent. He's probably Right, so this is a problem with doing a zoom call troops. Um, <laughs> it will only last forty minutes, so it cuts out and we need to do it again. So, yes, uh, as you were saying, uh, Ian about uh, Livy. Oh, you
1: mean about Lyndon Dykes empty?
0: Yes, like, I and mean, that's what it is, mate. Um, like Zoom do not want you talking about Dykes.
1: <laughs> I just like, uh, we're trending on Twitter. Football, like we were not liking it either. But I'll push through. Um, aye, Lyndon Dykes most creative and top scorer in Livingston. I've actually got some some stats from seventeen goal involvements from twenty five. Considering he's playing for Levy, is pretty phenomenal in my opinion.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I was going to include a start the, the, the goal involvement that there and I was, I was chosen between 22 from 33 in all comms or 17 from 25 from the league and they're both the exact same goal ratio per game that's just how consistent he is mm-hmm. and he's got blue hair so
0: well else you want? Mm-hmm. yeah exactly mate <laughs> and we'll move on because um, Zoom's not being counted. of <laughs> St. Johnson um, just recently appointed uh, former player Callum Davidson um, to replace Tommy Wright Matt, um, Tommy Wright, what a job he done there mate, um, I feel like we rave about Tommy Wright a lot in this podcast and I think it's justified because he is a good manager and he deserves like a, a good job as well, um, but what a job he done there, won them a Scottish Cup, got them in Europe, they even beat uh, Rosenberg when they were in the Europa League qualifiers, um, I think Tommy Wright was just like right I need a fresh challenge. I've been here long enough and yeah I've uh, took St Johnson as far as I can. Matt
1: oh great right, right,
0: I'll file that to what I'll, I'll give you that one what was the question I,
1: was going to
0: Matt I, I know so yeah <laughs> right so basically like, Tommy Right. what a job he done there he took them as far as he can won a Scottish Cup uh, beat Rosenberg in Europe uh, top 6 finishes I think he was just like you know what I need a fresh challenge I've took them as far as I can nice uh, especially you know top 6 again but
1: Oh I fuck! I, I won't deny it. I've not been loved to, to St Johnston apart from when the Rangers played them and some pretty good goals actually. I'm pretty sure last year from Rangers against them.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: But Tommy Wright I think one of the, the hidden gems of our league manager wise. I think he's a, a fantastic manager, mm-hmm. like, like you've said before. He can run off a shooting you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's done so well there with like a very very small budget, and yeah, he deserves a good job. Uh, Graham, uh, what do you make of St Johnston under uh, Tommy Wright, uh, considering, on, like, on talking about his last season, obviously, um, finishing sixth, um, do you think it was the right time for him to go?
5: Um, I think, you know, he, he, he has achieved all that he physically could. But St Johnston, I think a club of that size can only go so far, and I think Tommy Wright is consistently going above and beyond what a club of their size should really be cap- capable of, so, you know. I think he could definitely definitely go into a bigger club he's quite a traditional manager in terms of his approach to tactics you know and his approach to the general culture of football but it's, it seems to be working you know
6: yeah so yeah.
5: I think I think he, you know he could, be very, he could be very successful at a club that where he can get the recruitment of players that will fit his style of you know, more physical more laboured football mhm
0: and, obviously, Davison was a, a good player at St. Johnston. He was a fan favourite. And, yeah, I think, I think it's... It would be interesting to hear how he does, you know. I don't think he's ever been a manager before. Um, and he played under t- uh, Tommy Wright. So, I think he might... And I think he was part of the coaching staff for a bit, correct me if I'm wrong, at St. Johnston under Wright. So, I think he might have the same ways of thinking, you know. So, I think that's what um, St. Johnston are looking to do. Just, like, continue on from Tommy Wright. Get someone in with a similar, like, philosophy and style of play. You know. So um yeah, St George finished in six. Um be interesting interesting to see what happens with Davidson. Um we'll move on, we'll speak about Hibbs. geez oh they've had uh real it's like they've had a real interesting season. So they have um obviously kind of come to you be this one, um Ian. Hibbs uh, obviously appointed Paul Higginbottom in twenty nineteen. And pff, safe to say it didn't work out, mate. Um it really never, it was a disastrous uh, appointment.
1: No, no, he see was, was a bit of a strange one, that Paul bottom. I it seemed very very I think he was trying to recreate the, the Lenin sort of motivation of being really confrontational, and really aggressive. Mm-hmm. He was quite uh quite steady with the with the with the media and stuff like that. I wasn't gonna have fan of him when he didn't get the results, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, you're but right.
1: Getting Jack Ross back, it's a good,
0: a good appointment. Yeah, I really think it is, mate. Like, um, Josh, I come to you with this one. Appointing Jack Ross, like, as uh, uh, a that is a tremendous appointment, and you've seen the effects uh, of that appointment and how different Hibs are playing now compared to under Paul Higginbottom. No, oh, I
2: definitely. I think it was a bit of a, but well, I think with Higginbottom at first with Hibs, I think he done pretty well the season before. But obviously, this season you can definitely see a decline his time with Hibs. But I uh, so I think it was right to get rid of him. But with Jack Ross you can see a big difference. Um I think but well, personally, um I think outside the old firm, Hibs are probably the most threatening going forward. because mm-hmm. 'Cause they've got players like Boyle, Doherty Alan. and that, um who's their striker again? And um, oh. Uh he seems to be banging in quite a few goals as well and
0: um, I, maybe their defence is maybe a wee bit of a weak link, but going forward, they are a decent side, you know. Yeah, they, they play some good football. That. Yeah, they really do. They do, they play some good football. I think, defensively, I think Porteous and Hanlon is a decent partnership, uh, and when I do really look at that hip squad, mate, that is a good squad. Like, I think next season, they will kick on, and I'm, I know it's early days, right, but I'm... Saying that I'm going to throw their name in uh, into the hat of finishing third next campaign, I think they're they're only going to get better under Jack Ross, mate, and yeah, yeah I really yeah, you do think win so. The I, I, Sorry, can still, mate. I can, I can obviously still win the Scottish Cup as well. Yeah. No, definitely no, no. mm-hmm. a shout out for Scott Allen's
1: uh, championship winning pass. This oh year. mate,
0: unbelievable, man, <laughs> unbelievable, mate, like <laughs> sensational. So it was, me. I couldn't believe it. Like, Rangers one six one. 6-1. Then you get Michael Stewart of all people on uh, Twitter when, or not even speaking about how bad had played, he was like, Scott Allen's pass was absolutely tremendous stuff. <laughs>
1: bring
0: him home, Stevie, bring him home. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I, see, I met Graham and Xanity, and I swear to God, mate, like, the only, like, the majority of the time we're just like, Scott Allen's pass, but Scott Allen's pass, pass, <laughs> pass but mate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but yeah. Um so we'll move on from uh, Hibs, obviously. First half of the season were, they were awful, then second half done really well. Um they like, still didn't make top six, but I think that was a lot to do with uh, Higginbottom. Higginsbottom. Um geez oh man. Um Steve Clark left uh, Ian and my god, like um you were th- you were thinking right, obviously Camark are gonna be not gonna be the same side under like like they were like under Clark. The point Alessio... Uh, a very interesting appointment a lot of um, Commander fans were excited about it obviously due to the fact that he worked under Antonio Conte so they're like yeah he might have something about him but he really never like the players couldn't take to him and they got knocked out of uh, the Europa League in the first round by a part-time Welsh team yeah I mean we all, we all thought. I mean I, I, me, myself personally I thought
1: when he got uh, An-
0: is it Angelo Alessio? yeah Alessio
1: yeah I thought he's you know, at least the worst case scenario of he copied some of stuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think he didn't get the. I don't think he got football intelligence, I mean, just the way the teams work in this country. He can't overcomplicate things. I think Kashinya for us showed that. And I think just. Especially, like, you know, it didn't really help with players like Broadfoot storming out and. <clears throat> Leaving it in bad mouth for every chance they had but less than, the less said about Broadfoot the better I think because we think we can all agree But <laughs> from Graham who loves Broadfoot apparently <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no I was, it was a, it was surprising but then when the winter went in the spiral this, the spiral happened the uh, the new boy new man seems decent though no, seems to try to replicate Clark a bit more is it Alex Dyer is that his name
6: yeah
1: he's I've, I've got me a bit of faith with him I think he could do
0: at least like a diet, uh, Steve Clark. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think, yeah, I know what, what you're days, saying. <laughs> like, he's trying to replicate, um, like Steve Clark says they were playing, you know. Uh um, but I think Alesso, as you say, man, I don't think he really fitted into Scottish football. And I don't know, I think some people are just probably better as a coach than actually yeah. being a manager, you know. And um, but obviously, Kamara's highlight of the season was beating Rangers at Rugby Park, and that was a sole one for us to take. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, and I think that's when, like, t- that's when I was like, oh, jeez, oh man. I think Leitai was looking, looking, and looking very unlikely now. You know, but it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Dyer. I think. Um. So we'll move on from that. We'll speak about, Ross County, Ross County. Um. Obviously, back in the Premiership, their aim was to stay up, and they done that. Um, I'll come to you with uh, this one uh, Graham. what's your thoughts on Ross County this season because obviously that's uh, like one of your rivals obviously considering the fact that they were fighting relegation too yeah
5: I think I mean they didn't meet too much into Ross County season actually but I think yeah, I mean, you know staying in the league after getting promoted that's pretty much as good as it gets you know yeah exactly they are a few decent performers I think uh, Ross Stewart up front who we, we uh, let go of it was pretty impressive at times. I think they'll consolidate themselves back in the league and I think, you know, they could push on. I think I think they'll be fine next season. And I think they'll be happy that the season ended the way it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. because they were in a pretty not great run of form. They'd lost two games on the bounce so before the season ended. So it'll be you know I stars, and I'm, I'm sure
0: they'll be fine next year. You know what I find very interesting, though, um, Graham, is the fact that Ross County had co-managers. Like that's one thing I found very interesting, like Stuart Kettlewell, and uh, Stephen Ferguson. Um, I found that very unique because we've never we've not really seen that yet. Like in Scottish football, and we've not we don't really see that in football nowadays in general
5: quite a validation
6: for that as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> but who
0: establishes himself as the head coach is uh, it's quite difficult in a role in that's in a role, in a role but, but there's a figurehead to have two people there mm-hmm. yeah. so what do you make of um, Short Kettlewell getting the job um, like just on his own and uh, Ferguson is now in the I think he's director of football now Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I can tell you. Yeah. So, but so do you think, what, what do you think the reason was behind that? Where Ross County were like, right, we're going to give Kettlewell the job and Ferguson's going to be director of football. Um, I think it's probably the sensible
5: choice because you don't want to have two managers because I think that, you know, it's an interesting idea. It is quite interesting. To see
0: how that would pan out. But um, overall, I think that probably is a bit pointable to club because the players won't know who, who really is in charge. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, be interested to see what happens with the county next season. So, Hamilton next, right, move on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, i not speaking about Hamilton. Like, I like, can't do that. Like, not speak of him. So, Hamilton yet again, stay up. Um, Ian, Um. I don't know what it is with Hamlin, they still always manage to do it everyone always says at the start of the season they're going to go down but they, they're just like that and it never goes away mate It's just like that fly never goes away you know it's like cockroaches yeah that's it that's the right word I was looking for <laughs> that's the right word but yeah they just seem they always seem to slug it out and stay up I've they seem to be the thing we can get rid of. I really wish that Doncaster waited
1: till they were in the relegation zone and before calling it, like, for the love of God, get rid of them. <laughs> I don't know how they get rid of these guys. Uh, right. Nah, no, their midfield seems to be quite very, very uh, industrial. They seem to have, like, that, is it Gogh or something his name is? Yeah, C-
3: right.
1: I he, He's thrown his body into everything, like, he's, you think he, um personifies
6: the, the refusal to die <laughs>
3: despite
6: every
0: other club support whoever they're versing. Yeah. I think he's actually left now. Is he gone? He's gone, I think he ran right out of contract. Oh, I don't know, I thought you were still there. I, I imagine, I'm sorry, I was going to ask you like a question earlier. I can't remember what it was about but it was just met with silence and I was like, I don't, know, I don't think that's in this call but I think you might have joined later. I joined later, eh? I. Aye, that's fine, mate. So, yeah, like... What I about um
1: about Hamilton though, their manager, Brian Rice, seems like a right a, a good guy. Seems to like his youth players. I've let's look at of interviews about his gambling addiction I wish I wish him all the Baldwin's recovery. Some
0: mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, exactly. Like I felt really sorry for him when he came out about a problem he had and he effectively got punished for it, which was wrong from I the SFA to do. <laughs> I know it's the rules in that, but come on, like the guy he's got an issue with it and then You're putting even more stress and misery on them by giving them, like, I think it was a five game ban or something like that.
5: Aye, I think it was. Also, you know, when the SPFL are sponsored by Ladbrokes and the Scottish Cup sponsored by William Hill, there's a whole culture of veteran football. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, I know. Happy to
1: take money from the betting companies.
0: But want to punish someone with an addiction, it's like totally ridiculous.
1: You like all the all the clubs like selling sponsored by Bet Rangers, sponsored by Red 32, 32 Red we call it. Sorry,
0: yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um, he, he had to go to his hearing at Hamden Park and see the massive ladbrokes across the the front door. You know what I mean? Like it's just a kick my mammy's down.
0: Exactly, It's really not nice, mate. Really not nice. So we've uh, reviewed every team in the league. I'm sure we have. Yep. Um. So boys, Bye. um, time for team of the season. Yeah, player of the season, young player of the season, and goal season. So first off, uh we'll do team this season, right? <coughs> right. I'll go first since I'm the gaffer. <laughs> right. 4 2 3 one we're going for, right? Uh, Al McGregor in goals, James Tavenier right back, Iron Julian, centre halves, left back, Barisic, midfield, Ryan Jack, best player in the country. <laughs> um Lewis Ferguson In behind going to raise a few eyebrows Scott Allen in the number 10 role out, uh, out right James Forrest out left no it's not Ryan Kent Niall McGinn up top right up top this is the one this one paying me to do and I'm not saying he's better but he's been more consistent this season than the guy I'd love to have put in but I didn't want too many old fun players in Want it to be a fair team, and I think this team is really fair. And I've decided to go with Edward ahead of Morelos
3: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I was like Edward's on twenty odd goals in the league this season. Morelos is on twelve. Um, like I say, I think Edward's been more consistent. The only thing I'm surprised about in that team is Scott Allen. But um, yeah, I guess I can kind of see it, but I don't know. I'd I when mean, I was making my
0: team, didn't even come in consideration for me. Yeah, I'll tell you just justification no. for it. Right, it's got Allen ten goals, uh, eleven assists. Right, this season. Uh for me, I think he's been Hibb's best player this campaign. I think he's been he's back to his old self. He's played every league game. Right, the boy's playing, with bags of confidence. Technically on the ball, he's really good. Really, he's got great vision, and he's just a really smart player. And you see that in like in terms of the way Hibbs play, he's such a. And like a pivotal part of that, and when he's not like, see when he's not on the team, you see a massive void in it. So that's um, a justification for that. And I think now and again, um, I think that makes perfect sense, right? Even though I think Ryan Kent is a better player, but McGinn's been more consistent. Josh, I think you would agree with that. I think McGinn's been more consistent this season, and he's got the most assists in the league for a left winger. You know, so it made the most sense if I'm being honest. So, um. Aye, that's uh, my team of the season. I think, uh, obviously, Scott Allen raised a few eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, McGinn as well, I saw a stat. He scored um, 37% of Aberdeen's goals this season as well. It was a to them. Yeah, it made sense, mate. It made total sense. And I sent uh, that team of the season to my pal, Joe, uh, who's been on the podcast, big like man. And I said to him, like, I think this team's very fair. And he's like, no, that actually is really fair. Like... Because I was like, if I put Morelos up top, people are just going to be like, he's doing that because he's a Rangers man. And don't get me wrong, I think they're both equally as good as, e- good as each other, right? But in terms of being consistent this season, Edward's been more consistent. Second half of the season, Morelos was poor. But Edward's been great from day one, you know. And it did pain me to say, who's to say that? And it pains me <laughs> to put me in my team. But there you go. <laughs> so, Matthew, your team this season. Right, okay. So, my team this season, I've got, um,
3: and then I've got so I'm going with so I'll go where four two three one as well. So I've got McGregor and goal. Then I've got a right back of Tav. Then my two centre backs are uh, Gallagher and Julian. Then my left back is Barisic. Then my two midfielders are Jack and Alan Campbell. Then the front three is Forrest out right, Tristy, eh, in the middle, Ryan right Kent out left, and I've got. Edward
0: up front as well. Oh, so you're the same as me, mate. You went Edward? I no, went Edward, yeah. I think, ugh, you know, it's, it, you really can't not. I'll um, we'll come to you with this one. Ian, what thoughts on the uh, match team? I, I don't see anything. What were your two sentiments again, sorry? Jack
1: and who? Uh, Campbell. No bad, no bad, bad, no I don't have too many. It's quite a lot of crossovers on my team, so if I say and too bad, I'll don't look at it again. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> interesting stuff Matt interesting stuff Um, Ian I see your team right I've gone for a 4 2 three, one, maybe
1: slash a full 3 3 doesn't matter in um, goals big Griggsy. can't argue with that for the record I've got tons of stats to back up all my choices I've, I went too far yeah <laughs> I'm the same I'm
0: the exact same
1: <laughs> um, right back I've got Tav but it was a very close one between him and uh, Grimshaw as to Motherwell He's been a real standout in Robinson's team for me. But I uh, have right back. Julian, centre-back, along with Gallagher. Or Gallagher, sorry. Left-back, Borna who was lovely with balls. Uh, defensive mid, Ryan Jack, next to Donnelly from Motherwell. Seems to be a very really good anchor man in the base of that attack. Also, I think he took on with seven goals, I think, in the league, which is from a defensive mid to uh, attacking mid Ryan Christie so again the stats speak for himself right wing James Forrest no competition left wing the man himself Lyndon Dykes <laughs> he's been out left for Levenson a couple of times so I thought that's, that's applicable and then up front I've got Alfredo I know the league form for Edward is a fair bit better but I, I can't look past the all competitions and just the quality of the team he was scoring against in Europe compared to the the
0: quantity Edward was going against or not scoring against for that man that's interesting mate like um, I I can see why you went with Morelos right I was judging my team obviously like in all competitions too but I just it was just the second half of the season mate where I couldn't put Morelos in because I would be like Edward's done it consistently and he's been good like all season but Morelos second half of the season that's what's kind of I don't know like a damper on it like if Morelos had a good second half I would have put him in but, yeah, I think it's a very intriguing team as well. I'll come to you with uh, this one, Matt. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think it's practically identical to mine, apart from um, I've got Campbell, he's got Donnelly, and I've got Edward and he's got Morales, And mm. then obviously Dykes, but, no, it's very similar. But I think, um, no, I think that's fair enough. I was, I was torn between Campbell and um, Donnelly, but I just edged Campbell over it. But, no,
1: I, I, think, I think all the teams so far, you can't really argue with. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, oh, you go. Sorry, the,
1: the only other one that I had a big contention for was um, potentially putting Christie left wing, and I would have had in that case, I would have played McGregor instead of it. But once I started looking up Lyndon Dykes's stats, I was just like, no this man's getting in my team.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I Ian. It's uh, <laughs> a couple of surprises in there, obviously. Um, but yeah, as I said, like, uh, that's saying no, it was a lot of opinions. And um, but yeah, very int- uh, very interesting. So, come to you, Graham. Let's hear yours. Um, this is be, a, and a, this will be like I think this will be something like, let's hear that. Okay, so, this 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 team certainly has some bias in it. And uh, you know, if you speak to an objective man, he'll definitely disagree on my list. But it's my team, so uh, fuck everyone. I've gone for
5: a four four two. I just thought that's the most standard kind of team of the year format, and uh, uh, and, and goals, I've got Kladke, I think, you know, his output has just been, for, he's, just, he's got the most saves in the league with 98, he's kept 10 clean sheets for a, for a team who are battling relegation for a long time, it's uh, staggering how well he's done, uh, and, you know, as much as what you say. Way too good for someone, I think. Sure, okay. Like, uh, I was torn up between him and Tavernier, but uh, I think Tavernier just has been a bit of a passenger in this the dangerous team. Sent up up a Sorry
0: to interrupt, back. mate, but yeah, see, Ainsel, like 15 assists, mate. you Can not argue with that for Tav? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him, but 15 assists, can not argue? Missed, but I'm just those missed penalties in my head, and the and the and he's
5: just the assist to be fair. You're right, that is, that is extremely impressive. I think Liam, I'm sure, has been one tackle to the Motherwell side. Uh, my first centre-back is Declan Gallinger. Speaks for himself. My other centre-back is Julian. Left-back, Barry Sitch. Right-mid, Forrest. My two centre-mids, Jack and McGregor. My left-mid, Christy. Uh, first striker, Edward. My fifth uh, striker, Joel Baker. <laughs> mm.
6: Scored 12 goals this season. And if it wasn't for him
5: we'd be in a much worse position he has really showed himself to be a leader on the pitch and a fantastic goal scorer and I don't care what anyone says he's in my team
0: yeah uh, I can see what, you, what you're saying is like very biased but as you say mate it's your theme um, Matt what's your thoughts in uh, his team? No, I think uh, I think
3: that's a reasonably good team Matt. obviously I was tempted to put Hladke due performance for St Midland like, said to struggle on the team but I opted for Greek to say but um, no I think, that, I think when you look at that team you can't really argue too much against it
0: mm-hmm. so Chris I see your team big man yeah.
4: ok so it's a four-four-two. 4 2 Fraser Forster and goal I think I've got the same back four as Ian from right to left I've got Grimshaw Julian Gallagher and Barisic my midfield I've got James Forrest on the right Ryan Kent on the left and Gogic and Ryan Jack in the middle and up front Morelos and Edward I
0: think that's fair I think that's fair mate um, I can understand why you put Foster in because Foster always had a good season but I can't like I don't like, That's. I think it's a, I think it's a fair team Um. Ian, what's your thoughts? What was your
1: sentiment again, sorry?
0: Yeah, your, your sentiments? I think Gorgich Jack... and Jack. I think you see Jack uh, McGregor, yeah? No, Gogic. Gogic alright, sorry, yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Ian? Well,
1: well I mentioned the man, he seems to embody just trying hard, so I can't argue with Gogic as a good Kraken, sorry. Combative sentiment, can't argue you that. Your wingers are good. You've settled the umbrellas. It would um, debate by just putting them both in, I like that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's very balanced. <laughs> yeah,
1: the keeper, the keeper issue was it was a month for me as well. You know, McGregor's. The reason I picked McGregor's obviously because i one of just but he's got one more clean sheet and one less appearance than Forster, some nonsense like that. But that had had gave his name. He was, he was very yeah. tempting. I didn't know those stats, but they did impress me. So I might change it right now. I'm not
4: gonna
1: lie. <laughs> yeah, i <laughs> hearing that
4: for
1: us Team Lex and Mirren is, is pointed out battling relegation mm-hmm. yeah it's just I assume, my, I assume my talented
0: players reflexes flexes are just amazing there's, there's some really good teams here I'm not going to lie, guys some nice <laughs> not too biased yeah obviously Sam's very biased height means is the best but right <laughs> <they>, um, <laughs> uh, Josh let's hear yours
2: Um. I don't know
0: if you laugh, but I think Joe Lewis in goals. I think he's a, one of the best keepers in the league. Mate, I, I don't... Best. I, uh, sorry to interrupt. I don't argue with that, mate, because I think Joe Lewis is a good goalkeeper. So, And obviously you've seen Aberdeen more than any of us this, this season, so it makes sense, you know, like you watch him more than us. And anytime I've seen Joe Lewis, he's been a real consistent, good goalkeeper. And that game at Ibrox 5-0 one, mate, if it wasn't him, mate, it, that, I think that would have been about like, 10-0.
2: Yeah no I agree like I don't think he has like any I don't think he has as much like clean sheets as say your fosters or your McGregor's but like this the amount of brilliant saves he's made for us and kept us in the game you know just says a lot about our team and um, but no right back um, probably Tavernier because he's just got tons of assists I think I'd put um probably Julian and another one I'd put that's probably a bit biased is Considine he's probably been our best player mm-hmm. this season and he's like 33 years old so just says a lot about our team just now uh, left back i put Barisic and um, the other four in midfield I'd put the centre mids Ryan Jack and O'Donnelly and uh, out on the right I'd put Forrest and on the left I'd put Kent and my two up front I would put um, Morelos
0: and Edward Whoa, another one who's uh, <laughs> sitting on the fence with <laughs> Morelos and Edward <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, um, I mean, but, yeah sorry on you go oh, no I'm not fine mate on
2: you go no I was saying like they are both the best strikers in the league um, I think Edward's just a little bit ahead of them just now Because I I only found out a few days ago Morales hasn't scored since, what,
0: December or something like that. Which I thought was just mad. I think he got one goal when we came back after winter break. I think it was one. But that was it. But yeah, regardless of he's been, yeah, he's been terrible uh, since uh, we came back. Um, But yeah. Yeah. um, Matt, what's your thoughts uh, on your cousin's team?
3: No, I think, I think there's a wee bit of bias here be Considine. um, Can't really argue with lose too much uh, obviously he's been one of Aberdeen's best players this season but I think overall I think everyone's teams have been very fair like you could argue for each team but no um, I'm, I'm starting to kind of grow more on this more Edward thing I maybe should have done that myself but
0: uh, no I think for um,
3: the most part yeah it was good
0: mm-hmm. so um, we'll rattle through this bit and then we'll shoot off Um, Ian go season Goal of the season
1: I've got it written down <laughs> uh, Hadji versus Hibbs is my goal of the season.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: The one where I think Golden heads it on behind the line. Everyone's pushed up for the offside trap. All bounces maybe once or twice. Straight in the half volley. Kisses bottom corner across the goal. Delicious.
0: You're a player of season?
1: the season? um I've I've not picked one. I'm torn between James Forst and Ryan Jack. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm
1: not going to lie, I can't pick them. Mm-hmm. I'll Um, say Brian Jack I'm a big English fan Why not (laughs) Young player (laughs) Young player again That's between Lewis Ferguson and Donnelly But Donnelly's on my team So Donnelly
0: is Mm -hmm. Um, So Matt uh, Goal season Uh, I was torn between a few But I've went
3: for Kent's goal against Celtic uh, In the
0: Um, 2-1 Your player of the year Uh, That's Brian Jack Young player of the year Campbell. Mm. Um, Graham.
5: um My goal of the season is uh, not as much about technical ability as it is about scenes uh, and that is John Opeka's goal against Hearts the final goal of the Premiership season. Um, a beautiful um, long ball from what Lo- Wallace to cultured left foot. And Opeka takes it past the two Hearts defenders and slots it uh, below the keeper and that goal just sums up everything about Obika and his uh, spirit. What a goal. I um, was oh, poetic. <laughs> and a relegant <to> so
0: <laughs> You're a player of the year?
5: Um, I've went for Edward.
0: You're a young player?
4: And Alan Campbell. Uh,
0: Chris, goal season?
4: Uh, Cal McGregor's volley against Motherwell from February.
0: Um, your what's my uh, your player, the, your player of the year. Antoine
4: Edwards. And um, your player? You'll see my bias showing through here with all my answers.
0: Jeremy Frimpong And me, yeah, assuming you said bias, I knew you were going to go for him. Um, <laughs> so, Josh, goal of the season. Um, I can't really. Th- probably that at Rebos was it
2: against like Hearts or I can't mind where like it goes like top left hand corner oh that's a a belt on that against Uh, Hibs aye it's the road Uh,
0: aye oh that was a
2: screaming yeah I think it was just a build up play before it but I know I was a brilliant goal Mm -hmm. Um, what was the other Uh, question your player of the year
0: the the player of the year probably Edward I'd say young player I think Um, I know what you're going to say young player of the year was it yeah your Uh, young player of the year Um, I don't know I'd, be, I'd probably Ferguson i
2: probably oh, would Ferguson. put Campbell actually
0: Well oh, really I thought you were going to go with Ferguson uh, would, see the thing
2: is I would I think technical technical ability I just think he's still a bit raw he is good and he's been there for us but I just think
0: right now it probably is Campbell mm-hmm. for me yeah so I'll, this is my my goal of season obvious one predictable Ryan Kent scoring Celtic because obviously like meant yeah. so much at the time and it was overall a fantastic strike. Um, my player of the year, no surprise to anybody, he's the greatest midfielder in the world. Ryan Jack, honest to God, this boy is honestly in love with him, man. Uh, and my young player of the year has to go to uh, Lewis Ferguson. Um, Lewis Ferguson is uh, a good player. Um, I, li- I would like to see him at Rangers one day. Um, he's got a huge potential. And uh, obviously he is a Rangers boy. If you relate to Barry Ferguson, come on, <laughs> he's a Rangers man. So he's no? Exactly. I know he's got huge, huge potential. Um and I would like to see Ryan, him and Ryan Jack in the midfield uh one day, and that'd be a very good partnership. So aye boys, um it's been a good episode. We got there in the end. There's a few yeah. bumps along the uh, oh, along yeah. the way. Uh, but there was a uh, obviously we got it we got it done. There was uh, some talks in, uh, earlier on about should we postpone this and do it at some some other point, but we got through it. And uh, <laughs> good show, boys, it was. I thoroughly enjoyed that. No, that was really good, eh? All right, it was good, mate. And uh, obviously we had the uh, Ian's debut, Chris's debut. Fantastic, loved it. And uh, hopefully we'll be back some point in the near future. um. And like, obviously before the season starts, um, maybe talk about, uh, like, Europa League qualifiers or whatever. We don't know what's happened with Covid. But yeah, enjoyed that. So until next time, guys, take care and we'll see you soon.